Um, are we going with ever would, never wouldn't? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> kind of, maybe ever would, question mark, never wouldn't, exclamation point. <laughs> I think that. Okay. <laughs> nobody's ever gonna listen to that <laughs> Katie nobody's ever gonna edit it and release it this is uh this is an exercise in futility you guys count me count me in for the theme song okay wait right, but where I'm there's a delay okay okay <laughs> oh you great. mean numerically I just I thought we had to count them in <laughs> There's no sense. delay between you two. You're in the same room. Okay. All right. Make a delay. All right. Ready? Go. Go, Eric. Go. Okay. Three. Three. Two. Two. One. One. Go, Adam. Adam hates us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Do, 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 do. I guess I don't know if you did this when you originally used to do it, but you don't move your face. It's very <laughs> rigidly it's holy. It's a holy. It's it's a solemn I, thing. I, that's been there the whole time. Trust I me, that's always be been more part excited. of it. Like I thought it was more like with a childlike no. wonder. I, <laughs> do, do, do. Maybe that's just because it's the way we it's do probably it. Probably me, when yeah. we do it to uh, each other. And the funny thing oh. is, when we sing it, we have never heard the song. I've never actually heard the nope. theme song. I've only heard Adam's version. You know so what? We've been singing it for years. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? You're not going to hear it tonight either because it's the not pilot even... has a different theme Are song. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, as part of the research that I did, um, I like an idiot. I, like an idiot. I, love I discovered that. that that Greg Berlanti, the show's creator, intended for. Um, well, you'll see what the song is. He intended for the song that is over the pilot's credits to is kind it of by be the Rembrandt the song. No, <laughs> um, but it was just really hard to like cut it to length for the opening titles, so they ended up going a different direction. Is so it next Freebird? time, yes, it's Freebird. Yeah, it's hard to cut for length. Um, okay, well, welcome to Everwood, <laughs> Never Wouldn't. I think that's what we're going with. Everwood, Never Wouldn't. Um, we are, uh, we are. well, I was going to say three losers, but it's at least, it's really, I'm the loser. Oh, no. I've we're roped all... my friends. I've roped my friends into watching Everwood be uh, the hit. I would, well, not really put a hit. Aww. Not a hit. Go on. What else isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to say hit. The hit WB family slash teen drama from the early 2000s, Everwood. Um, I've roped my friends into watching it with me, and here they are, and they'll introduce themselves. All right. To my right, we have KT, Everwood Virgin. <laughs> Very true. I have never. Those were two separate. 
ideas. What? KT, Aren't you both? Everwood. Is, oh, I thought, is there another virgin. person with us? Oh, oh, KT, who is Everwood and yep. is a virgin, uh-huh. <laughs> despite having three children. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hot. Okay. Oh, Aren't you an Everwood virgin, Everwood virgin too? Yes, yes I am. That's that's what I was saying but when I had content. But we're not going to introduce him because he's not part of this show. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, was, wait. I just <laughs> wish that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sit next to him to do this. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, my content. That's what I was saying. I have show content, and it has to do with how much of an Everwood virgin I am. Oh, I wanted okay, to share yeah. what I know about Everwood. Mm. Okay, yeah, tell me. All right, so I think mostly just because of KT, I know that Chris Pratt is in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there's that guy who's on all the pictures. That he's like, what pictures? A, a, like show images. Like Eric's been looking up pictures of the DVD, show for a long time. I DVD guess. cover images. It's some kid yes. in some things. He has like a bowl cut. Hmm. Oh, the kid. The kid is Gregory Smith. Sure. Small soldiers. Is everyone yes. named Gregory involved with the show except for Chris Pratt? Is that like it's Greg everyone... Berlanti, Gregory Smith, <laughs> and Chris Gregory Pratt? Gregory Pratt. <laughs> Chris yeah. Gregory Pratt. All right. So, 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 so you're. That's what uh, I know about Everwood. You know pretty much nothing about Everwood, but more yeah. than KT. So why don't you, why don't you talk about KT? Tell me about your relationship with the Everwood theme song and why and how <laughs> it's a thing. And why I'm doing it. <laughs> All right, Adam, this is relying on my memory, which is very shot. But so the we year were was part of a comedy group, right? No. The year was 2006. <laughs> was that really the year? I, I, no, that was, the, the, I, I the year was our first. Sh- our first show was 2007. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So we were part of a sketch comedy group. Me and Eric were. We went to the. Uh, to Franklin Marshall College in Lancaster with Karen, who also started the group with us. And I guess Karen knew you somehow, huh? Uh, no, Karen didn't know me. But, oh. but first, b- before we continue the story, da, 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 trivia, everyone <laughs> trivia. <Uh-oh. laughs> okay. relevant, relevant to what you said, you guys went to Franklin and Marshall College, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know who else went to Franklin and Marshall College? A Treat Williams. Williams. <laughs> Star of Everwood, Treat Williams, class of 1973. Yeah. Um, that's, I guess I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yes. Uh-huh. That's basically, hey. that's another little, the only other little fact I know about Everwood oh, is that Treat Williams, Williams is in it. it. And you know what, though? I'll admit that I only knew that recently because you guys started talking about it because of this podcast. Mm. I thought that the A Treat Williams thing was not related to ever. Wait, did no, he that say was, it? That was Tim. Yes, I know it was Tim who said it, but was he was talking of, about Everwood um, at the same time? I guess time? maybe. Who or knows? was he talking about this Franklin and Marshall? 13 years ago. Because, I mean, maybe I'm just stupid and he said it then and I didn't realize it. But that I didn't know that Treat Williams was involved. So that is a new fact that I mm. just recently learned. So I don't know if that counts towards my you know, overall Everwood virginity score. It probably doesn't because it's not fair. It's only because it was the going up to this podcast moment that yeah. I learned that. So it doesn't really matter. Nothing <laughs> does. Um, so we were in a sketch comedy troupe and I forget, I forget when I, when was the first show that I decided to do the Everwood theme song? I don't think it was the first one. I, it wasn't, the, when, no. I when I remember you doing it for the first time, but again, whole, holy memory, 
was in wherever it was where we were in a basement and we were rehearsing in two rooms, one of which had like a conference tape. Was it EPAC? Like, was that where it was? Oh. was? It was like a yeah. basement. That sounds like EPAC, yeah. Yeah. I don't like, remember. <clears> that's when Effort I, uh, Performing Arts Center. Yeah. That's when I first remember it myself, but that might have been later. I, I He might have done it earlier, but he was just taught. Yeah, I guess if that's what we're talking, we're ta explaining this theme song situation that just happened. It's just that Adam was talking about Everwood and I don't, did anyone know what Everwood was besides no, you? No, of really? not. Okay. No. <laughs> no one knew so the hit WB <laughs> <laughs> family teen drama. <laughs> and, uh, and, but he was like very, very sincerely singing the Everwood theme song and it just became to us. Was I that think the first time you did it like that? <clears throat> like with us? Or was that like a thing that you had done ever since you watched it? Like, I think it like I, that? I mean, I'm sure that watching it, yeah. I would sing along to okay. the theme song. Right. Yeah. Okay. But then, yeah. But then in the, so in, in 2007, we were doing a sketch show. Everwood had been canceled the year before. And clearly oh. I, I was, I was, Suffering. I wasn't over it yet. Yeah. And you so definitely I think said that people should see it. You said it was good back then. I remember because I definitely dismissed the shit out of it. I was like, <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Well, Adam. That makes total sense. Yeah. KT is an asshole just to improve her, their memory. So I think, so I think, I think at the EPAC show, we, well, I forget what we did first, whether we did the outdoor show at Millersville first mm. or the show at EPAC. One of them came first. And I, I know at Millersville, I like, like in the opening, we had me kind of protesting, um, what's his name? Some Millersville guy who was like related to like, was it Steve Ayers? Some like Obama oh, bullshit, political I, bullshit. Wow. Uh, Just because he was not Steve. That's not the right name. Um, I, I don't, you were so up as part of the sketch, your character was, which was Adam in our William sketch Ayers. comedy droop. It was out oh, droop. I just said droop. It's, it was definitely w a droop. William, William, William Ayers. Um, Oh, GOP targets Ayers. Oh. This, um, this is all such great Everwood <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, it's just lots of old references nobody remembers. Or yeah. knows he was a he was a controversial education expert and hmm. former Vietnam era radical, and he might have lost his job at Millersville or something. So I was protesting Millersville oh. for like firing him or something. I don't know. Don't don't. <laughs> okay fact check that but then at the epac good luck, show good luck fact checking that. <laughs> at the at the epac show that was no longer relevant um mm, and yeah. so we had to come up with something else for me to protest yeah and what i protested <laughs> was the last year's cancellation of <laughs> last the show year's. everwood so which was <clears throat> it was canceled during the merger of the wb and upn mm. to form the cw mm. <clears throat> anyway so and so like as a tribute to the to Everwood, and in protest of its cancellation, I would Performed. perform the Everwood theme song on stage. And there had stage. to have been a, <clears throat> there had to have been a communal decision for you to do that, and it was because Adam, it was so funny. And why was it <laughs> yeah. so funny? To me, I think part of the humor was the fact that you have a very, um, it's definitely 
well, I, I, I believe it's probably because of your theater background, you, uh, you have very good diction. And so you, with a lot of your words, you are very precise. Um, and sometimes it's funny. And when you were doing, and you still, I think when you do it, yeah. the Everwood theme song, it, there's a very distinct, Each like little one is a syllable. Do. But it's like a, it's almost like yeah. a T. Doot. So it's this very doot, like. Doot, 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 doot. Yeah, like not really though, because you, he does the ooh, yeah. but, the, but it is so hard at the end that it's like a doot, doot, doot. Like it's, I don't know where this, yeah. it's, a, it's a consonant that is being made up by the mouth as he goes. Like uh-huh. it originated because he was singing the Everwind theme song. And it's with him still. That's it's Adam's... a new. It's I invented a concept. Yes, yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I well, I I guess I I guess thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was um, so you're so earnest. You're I always remember his eyes being so wide, but this one was great too because he just well, was very yeah. Very let's sad. remember that was that was like 13 years ago, <laughs> and I was a, a lot more earnest. Then. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So I did that. I might have done it in one or two other happy time shows. Honestly, mm. I forget. But then in at some point I moved to Colorado and um, began for, it was for a PhD program. And I was like, started hosting the grad student associations, like end of year award ceremony. <laughs> and like, for like three years in a row, I was the host and I incorporated <laughs> my rendition of the Everwood theme song into the proceedings. And that was even less like, like the people there were even less connected to yeah. why, like, because like, at least that was like a sketch comedy right, content. Right. It's, we like, were this bizarre was like, and absurd, right? This was a bunch of PhD and like master students who were like, who have never heard of the show, definitely right. never seen it. And, and they just, you know, but I, I did that, and there's there's video of a, of a couple of times that I did that. Did anyone ever recognize it when you did that there? No, nobody ever like connected with me about. Oh, that's Everwood. Like I watched Everwood. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Adam. Is Adam the only human that's ever watched Everwood? I'm very no. curious. <laughs> Although, so I will say, uh, a lot of people when they hear Everwood, what comes to mind for them Deadwood. is Deadwood. Yep, mm. that's yeah. what I thought. They think of. Mm-hmm. They think of like, oh, is that that cowboy show? They right. say like, cocksucker all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the Al Swearingen show. It's uh, it's something else entirely. Also, there was so, at one point at one point in that history where I created a Facebook group back you when did. Facebook mm-hmm. groups were a thing. That was you, get Adam to make a video of him doing the Everwood theme song. Yeah. <laughs> which I, then, yeah, the, which then my Colorado MC eventually and doing did. It, that was. Kind of. I think at that point, your petition. <laughs> I think at that point, I was the only member in the group, and I think I still am. I'm pretty sure the group still exists, and I am the only member. <laughs> so All too. right. Well, now we gotta join that Facebook group. No, was I, was I ever a member? I feel so bad for lonely you in there. It's no, that's, great. It's that's a great hilarious. feeling. Okay. Well, so that that's all great. Uh, content for this Everwood podcast we're making. Um, before we head into, so we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, stop the recording at some point. We're gonna watch the show together remotely during COVID nineteen times. Because uh, otherwise, we would be in the same room. <laughs> otherwise, I would be I would be commuting to New York yes. to watch with them. Well, that was the original um, idea, wasn't it? That you were going to come and stay here 
for a little while and we were going to try to watch a bunch of I would have, together but i would have totally done that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was always planning on doing that but then uh COVID. this oh. pandemic happened thanks mm-hmm. so so but so we're gonna watch together and then record a conversation about the show but before that before we head into it okay. uh just some background information about the sh- about the show Ooh. um I, maybe i guess now <laughs> might be a time to say this uh <laughs> It's not a lot. I just took these notes. Entertainment Weekly called Everwood um, in 2016 as part of its oral history of the show called it, quote, one of TV's most groundbreaking dramas, end quote. Groundbreaking? That's confusing. All right. Bar is suddenly higher. And groundbreaking. And it was, as I said, it was created by Greg Berlanti, who for several years had been the head writer and executive producer of the WB teen drama Dawson's Creek. Mm. Oh, people love that show. I hate that show. I've never seen it. I, 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 I never show. watched a single episode mm. of it. Nope, me neither. Mm. Everwood, Everwood was like, yeah, it was, it was part of that WB milieu yeah. that like that people just, if you didn't have an, any access point into it, then it was just totally like off your radar. Yeah. Right. But it had like, I mean, the WB had like Gilmore Girls and One Tree Hill and Smallville. And so those are the like the titles that were kind of in the same constellation as Everwood. Mm-hmm. In, in, yeah, like in my, my brain just like clumps them all together in this like big wet ball. Like all of those names basically yeah. sound kind of like the same show to me. You know, the crazy thing is I remember all of those other I, I know the names of the rest of those shows. I would have never heard of Everwood without Adam. Like I never heard of that oh, show. And I, and I left out Seventh Heaven. Oh, and I definitely remember Seventh yeah. Heaven. Yeah, the one with Ever- the pedophile, Everwood, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yes, the, the, the star the of the show Jesus ended Christ. up being a, uh, a, outed as a pedophile, which is mm-hmm. uh, sad, entertaining. Um, really, yeah, really fun. <laughs> um, that'll be a part of what we talk about too. Is 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 everyone's relationship with Seventh Heaven and how and ugh, Seventh Heaven. Um, oh no! <laughs> oh no! And it's shit. And it's not just the pedophile thing either. Not okay. just worse than that. It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh fuck! This will this our <laughs> we are going to be a perfect fit for people on the internet who still browse Everwood forums. <laughs> We're exactly Adam. the, We're making the Adam is one of them. Adam. <laughs> I, I genuinely have a fear that we're going to start watching this this thing that is like a part of your heart and that I'm going to I'm going to feel like oh god I have to say nice shit about this. The lighting was nice, you know that whole no. thing like Here's the the whole thing about this is that like I I genuinely like kind of hope that you do hate it. Like oh. I would welcome that. And then mm. I have to watch how many seasons of a show No, no we're just we're just watching the first season for now. Oh, okay. We'll see. If <laughs> because I generally, um, like, of all those shows that you listed, like, Gilmore Girls, I hate Gilmore Girls yeah. so much. Is that Yeah, bad? I'm not a fan of, I'm not I a fan of Gilmore it. Girls. Like, I, I have never understood why people like that show. The, the, d- the freaking talking between the people is so comically yeah, quick. Yeah, no, no. It's so dumb. I'm like, who Here's the thing. is no, like so this? You will, you will discover that Everwood is like yeah it's part of that constellation but it was kind of like 
weirdly the black the groundbreaking <laughs> groundbreaking and weirdly okay. kind of like a like a black sheep of that of mm. that cluster of shows like and and like just kind of different and like when people would review it they would always uh, <laughs> <laughs> they would they would like note how like yeah this kind of fits in yeah. to the WB's family but it's different in this way and different in that way hmm. okay <clears throat> um so but so so do like but also like I want this to be an authentic exploration of like your feelings about everyone. Okay. So if you hate it, like that's awesome. And this would not be the first time that I've sat down oh, <laughs> with no. somebody to show everyone to somebody, and the person was like, "I don't get it, and I don't <laughs> like it." <laughs> oh no, it's gonna be me! I'm so sorry. No, oh, no, I, I, no. That, that's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, um. Eric, stop recording. I'm going to yell at Casey. <laughs> oh, I, uh, before I do, I had one question. When is the last time you've watched? That's what like, I was Everwood, like about, all yeah. of it or the season. I watched. That we're gonna I watch? watched. I watched the pilot twice last night. Once with commentary on for research. What? <laughs> Wait, so you're about to watch it again? <laughs> I love this show. The pilot. When's the last time you watched it recreationally? <laughs> Um, I watched the first season with a young woman that I was sort of hanging out with from OkCupid in Colorado okay. who lived in basically a real life version of Everwood. I and when I met you her telling me that. Yeah. Yes. And like it's this town called Georgetown, Colorado. And it like when I visited her there, I was like, holy shit, I'm in Everwood. <laughs> Let's watch Everwood. <laughs> and so now they're married because that definitely <laughs> was. Really no, nope, she ended up she ended up breaking things off with me because uh, because uh, of Everwood. She, she wasn't prepared for my emotional intensity. <laughs> I think she, I think she really liked Everwood though. Um. Anyway, okay. Sorry. Right, now so, yes, stop. But but no, don't, oh, don't wait, stop. Don't, yes, I didn't stop. stop. Just leave it. Because I didn't. One thing I didn't. I did. We really address. I don't think I talked in the first recording about the fact that I love Everwood. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> and I, you did. Like, I didn't really talk about it or like, yes. and right. I, but I don't have anything prepared on that front. It's just you like- You haven't done research for that? <laughs> I haven't researched my heart. <laughs> but like- I think so you like, have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, whose heart? Who, who else's heart would I research? Um, um, no, so Everwood, like- on one level, like vaguely kind of like I understand as a as a guilty pleasure, but not really. Like mm. I think it's like my my appreciation of it is not ironic. Mm. Like I think the first season of Everwood is legitimately like a masterpiece season of television. Yeah, you don't but, think it's like a cult show, right? Like a like the reason why like, people like, like certain so things. like it's so bad it's good right, or yeah, something exactly. like no it's not in that realm at all no for you. but i but like but because of it, its obscurity and because mm. of the fact that nobody knows it mm. and that and that there is this kind of rustic like family friendly feeling to it that like people when if they do did know the show and they found out that i like loved it they'd be like what why you know <laughs> and so in that in that respect like i kind of feel like yeah i guess it's a guilty pleasure but also like every once in a while on the internet i come across like 
like TV reviewers or people who were like in TV subreddits who just kind of like come right out and say like Everwood was one of the most underrated and brilliant pieces of television ever. There, I said it. So like, then, you know, we're out there. We're out there. (laughs) You are out there. (laughs) Way out there. How does it compare or like relate it to your enthusiasm and love of community? Can you do that? Because like we just, we obviously, that could be something else we mentioned in this little intro because we've been trading, me and you have been trading, Mm -hmm. me and Adam have been trading a lot of uh, recommendations. Yeah. Like of the things we love and, and Adam had said, you got to watch community. You got to watch community. We tried to watch it a couple years ago. We, we were watching it, but we were also watching it on Hulu with ads and it was really annoying. And then it came to Netflix and like, we just chewed through the rest. Yep. Like, cause it was, it was so good. And, and it was totally an Adam recommendation. And you've said how you were like one of the people that were like six seasons in a movie or whatever the phrase yeah. is. So I just wonder yeah. how, how, where those rank, like is community over the same is it a different type of appreciation? Yeah, like, like what's the deal Leo with that? Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, like, they are very different shows and different types of appreciation, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, but, like, in a ranking community, like, I have... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have so much love for it. The community would, like, be above Everwood, but okay. Everwood would be, like, probably, a, like, between 10 and 15. And community would be probably, like, hovering right around, like, 5 through 7. Oh, and like a ranked of all of your from like number things. number okay. one, the leftovers. Okay, down. Oh, so so number one, the that. leftovers. Is that the one where people the first disappear? It, right? Yeah, like ten percent of the population. I couldn't get through it. I tried it twice. This is not a leftovers podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, like, I will I'm say no. Interested in the things you like? No, no, no. I'm, season season yeah. one is a slog. It's notoriously like it's so heavy, and yeah. and a and a lot of people like <clears throat> talk about how yeah, season one of the leftovers like ugh. Yeah. But like and and I know that it's a big thing of like these days of like oh you got to stick with it until right. it gets good. Yeah. Like Fuck the fact is general, the fact yeah. the that fact with a lot of things that I like too. I I don't dismiss things just because yeah. of no, that. I no. just I didn't know that though. I didn't know that the first season was considered a I think slog, another part so of it too is makes we, me want to try again. I mean, we did watch it, but I think it was like we watched it and then we would have had to wait to watch the next season and then we just never picked it back. You up. Didn't, you didn't pick was? it back up. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing. Like I watched I remember watching like the first episode of The Leftovers like mm-hmm. back when it was first airing and I was like, "Okay." And then I never I didn't keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Um and then I didn't go back to it until I started hearing like all these mind blowing right. things about season about two. It. Yeah. Like it was like, and, 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 and it's true. Like season two of the leftovers is a total game changer mm. of inter- it's like still the DNA of the show, but it's mm. like, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a mutation. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, the left, and, and I will say that during a pandemic and during right now when like the world is falling apart mm-hmm. and like it's, and we're all struggling with, more than ever with the tension between mm-hmm. hope and despair mm-hmm. and trying to cling to like meaning and purpose and mm-hmm. motivation. This is either the best time to watch the leftovers <laughs> or the worst, yeah. depending on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, That's like, like the, the, the leftovers is like 2% of the world's population has disappeared. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, and so right now with COVID-19 and the, and the amount of mm-hmm. deaths we're seeing, it's like, yeah. 
<clears throat> I think it, it's more resonant than ever, and it, it but it connects with me on a spiritual level that no other show really does. Like it's mm -hmm. just it just it it makes my spirit burgeon mm. and like and ache mm. is what the leftovers does. Um, Jeez. Well, it's a good thing we're doing the. Why are we watching that podcast. show? Yeah, <laughs> All right, leftovers, Wonder Years. <laughs> I love the Wonder Years. We're gonna watch Everwood, and that's what you're gonna stop All this right. recording for. All right, should I stop it now? Do you have another question? No. I'm oh, oh no! I did. I did want. I did want to say, notably, Everwood and Community both take place in Colorado, mm. and. <clears throat> But neither of them recorded in Colorado. Oh. So I always had an idea for like a line for like a spec script of community where like Abed would say, like would reference Everwood and be like, <clears throat> really disappointing that they, <clears throat> that that show takes place in Colorado, but didn't shoot there. Weird. Or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. The meta joke. Mm -hmm. With yeah, the meta totally fact of like, neither line. do we. <laughs> Also, is Jim would, Rash in Everwood? Oh, man. I would love Everwood if Jim Rash was in Everwood. But he's not, probably. You're going to see a lot of awesome guest stars <laughs> over, the over the next two years of <laughs> recording this podcast. Is That's... Chris Pratt a guest star or is he on the fucking <laughs> You'll show? You'll see. All right. Don't you know give it away. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> shut, it. Stop the recording. No. Am I supposed to stop it? I don't know what yes. I'm supposed to do. No. Stop, stop the recording. It. No. <laughs> Why am I in charge of this? <laughs> Keep on stopping. Because Keep on Craig stopping. would work. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What are we yeah, doing no, now? Stop are we setting this? We're going to watch right. the show. Okay, stop it. Moving where? Everwood, Colorado. Where's that? Colorado, moron. Okay, well, why are we moving there? Somebody told me about it once. They said it was the most beautiful place they'd ever seen. It's on this hill. There isn't a mountain. Maybe it's on a hill by a mountain. Anyway, I was thinking last night that we should move there. What do you say? I say that's not even a reason. I know. How great is that? We'd be moving someplace for no reason at all. That's not great. That's crazy. That's Harrison Ford and Mosquito Coast crazy. You say crazy. I say it might be the sanest thing I've ever done. Now. I want this to be a democratic decision, so we're going to put this to a vote. Everyone who wants to move and get their own horse, raise your hand. Well, that decides it. Democratic, you bought her vote. Yeah, that's the American version. Yeah, I, I want you to remember this moment. All right, this is the moment you conspired with a psycho to ruin whatever was left of our pathetic little lives. Well, that's uh, the first episode of Everyone. <laughs> Ever, I'm totally gonna keep watching, uh -huh. not just because of this podcast <laughs> obligation. Yeah, I am curious <laughs> to see if it gets way better. Like, <laughs> like, okay, okay. So my, I am a critical person, so that's not yeah, fair. No, I made no. that as a joke. Like, I do not think it's a bad show. I think that it is very WB show. I think yeah. that. You know, the biggest thing for me that kind of kept taking me out of it is that I guess I don't like treat Williams as an actor. I don't. Interesting. His voice seems like he's like, it seems like he has a different voice and he's putting on a voice for this show to be like, hey, hey guys, I'm approachable. It's like this very like, it doesn't seem like it's a natural voice coming out of him. Wait, well, it seems if I like told you that that is like, his actual voice. Yeah. Would that change things for you? Because uh, well, I think it is. 
I'm sure. Like having it listened is. to the having listened to the DVD commentary right. last night, like he has a, a like a like a, an airy kind of yeah. a weird gentle quality it's to his very, voice. Generally. See, that's what the thing is though, because his voice is so gentle. That is the right word. It almost seems like he's putting it on to be in this fucking show from the WB. Like it seems like he's like, wait a second, this is Seventh Heaven. It's seventh heaven. You know what I mean? Like it just see it. Uh, what I thought while I was watching it was that I need to go look up YouTube videos of whatever the fuck Treat Williams has been in <laughs> because apparently I've never seen. It. I don't. I would not have been able to recognize Treat Williams. That's why I had to ask. I right. I don't know him from much else other than Everwood. Like I, I might have seen him in like a movie or two. But him, I need <clears> to get <throat> used to him as a human <laughs> before I can really like appreciate his acting because. So far, I'm bothered by his voice. But I mean, otherwise, you know, it's it's fine. They, it was the pilot. So they're they're introducing all the characters. Yeah. This is the boy next door. This yeah. is the pregnant lady next door whose husband will either die or will come back. And it might cause drama because maybe he falls in love with her. Something like that. Like there's a lot of these little setups. He's laughing. But like there's a lot of these little setup things yep. that's to me very like, OK, we're setting up a little drama show. Like here right. are the players. Yeah. Uh, my favorite characters so far were the other doctor's mom, the nurse. Mm-hmm. And Edna, the bus Edna driver. And Irv. Yeah. Yeah. I and I'm sure one of them will die. I'm just positive. Um, that's just because they're too cute. And I love that actor. I do I need to look up who that is. and I would honestly wouldn't even be able to tell you what I've seen him in, but everything I've ever no seen idea. him in, he's very like he's just a John Beasley is his name. John, John Beasley. Beasley. He's very um like just <clears throat> like a solid in his shoes mm-hmm. guy. Totally. And I love that kind of actor. Yeah, very- it's just very grounded. Yes, yeah. I definitely so, don't yeah. give a shit about any of the kids stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. That's the trouble. You know, honestly, that has happened to me so many times. So as I've become a grown-up and I'm not a teenager anymore, it becomes uncomfortable to watch teenage mm-hmm. love stuff specifically yep. because it always seems a little too like, I mean, I was a nerd and like didn't have a boyfriend until I was much older and like so I don't know if I'm just weird myself, like as a, as a human growing up, but like the horniness in a lot of the teenage stuff always throws me off. I'm always like, man, like this seems not appropriate. They look like they're wow. 13. Like that's, that's really, that's really funny. That's really interesting because like, cause it was <clears throat> so like, I'll, 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 I'll go to my notes because this mm-hmm. aired, it started airing as like, after Seventh Heaven as like a companion hmm. to Seventh Heaven. And some of the reviewers were like That guy just yeah, had this... an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um some of the reviewers were like, yeah, this this seems like it could work as like it's kind of a family friendly drama. But <laughs> at the same time, it is like there is like this wet dream, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like in the first episode. And like, that's fine. Like, honestly, I, you know, you would hope that that kind of thing would be normalized because like that didn't bother me. It was more like whenever I see like, I don't know what this says about me, but it's kind of like when I was trying to watch some other show recently, Sabrina, was it the Sabrina show that I said I couldn't watch any more of this? I I think I tried to watch that because everyone said it was great, but it sucked. I mean, as far as being an old fart, I can't watch that show. And then there was the other one with the Archie people, whatever that they've done. Riverdale. Riverdale. I tried to watch that and I'm like, what? the fuck is all this teen angst shit like it's i can't Mm -hmm. identify with it so yeah like i i'm like all right teenager stuff like so it's just 
Yeah. Yeah, David Biancoli of the New York Daily News suggested that in Everwood, the WB had finally found an effective companion series to its most popular show, the family-friendly drama 7th Heaven. But in Entertainment Weekly's 2016 oral history of the show, <clears throat> Greg Berlanti said, since we were on after 7th Heaven, people were expecting it to be like that. Mm. Ephraim had a wet dream about Amy in the pilot episode. It made certain people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Emily Van Camp. Emily Van Camp said, "I remember being a little bit shy about that." So, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Is like Emily Van so Camp? the girl she plays Amy. Amy. Oh shit! Sure. The, the girl who names. the little girl. Oh, no, the no, teenage no. His, girl. His girlfriend. Okay, yeah. yeah, the girl who kind of mm-hmm. in the dream mm-hmm. is in the dream of them. Um, so yeah, no, like I hear that. So like obviously, like I in two thousand two, like I'm watching it as a like high schooler yeah right mm-hmm. right like yeah. Totally. like and and so like greg like gregory smith as ephraim like that that lonely kind of like you know dark angsty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. image is what i kind of like felt and related to yeah, mm-hmm. identified and i was i was always so deeply frustrated by like the fact that my class clown nature prevented me from getting to be that like dark <laughs> mysterious but like but like i so I really connected to it at the time. So sure. I have I have that like nostalgia connection yeah. there. I so even you, like so I you watched this live, like you watched this as it aired, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yes, mm. and I I wrote a letter to to Gregory Smith, who plays Ephraim, just saying like, "Hey, I love your performance, man." And that was before I even knew Adam. I was like queer, before I like identified as bi or anything. Aww. And so like it was just like this straight like teenager, like, right. "Hey," and he like sent me back an autographed like photo, which I don't think I have anymore. Aww. I don't know oh, where it would Adam, be. I'm disappointed. But so like so yeah so um, but 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 the teen yeah. drama stuff like I totally I totally get it right and like sure. that was something that like that at least one of the reviews that I was reading uh, last night or today kind of like ended on this question of like <clears throat> it was just a review of the pilot reviewers at the time only got the first episode to kind mm-hmm. of base their reviews on mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of them did end with like you know I'm curious about you know where the show is going to kind right. of like what the focus, focus is. more right. the yeah. teenagers or the grownups. And yeah. like I I one the thing that I always appreciated about it was that it always to Both. me felt really balanced. Yeah. And yeah. that like the and that the adult characters and I was always even then, even though I like was I identified with with Ephraim mm-hmm. in just this kind of emo kind of way. Mm-hmm. Right. Even then, I I watched the show primarily for like the the grown ups because mm-hmm. the characters were so good. So yeah. Yeah. so like I totally I totally understand just kind of feeling like not being able to relate to it. And 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 and, and like it's, it's the teenage drama aspect of it that like makes me sure. like laugh when More I when than I like else. Yeah. <laughs> when mm-hmm. I'm watching it, I'm like, oh man, this is so like cliche and mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But like it, but all of it in a way that like endears me to the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Partly because of the nostalgia. Partly just because like, oh yeah, like this is what the show is doing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it's, in my opinion, like it's really cool to see that it manages to like do that, like just cliche teenage drama stuff, even with the soap opera, like mm-hmm. boyfriend in a coma thing, right. but still kind of <laughs> yeah. be like, not only do they have great adult characters to kind of mm-hmm. <clears throat> balance it out, but they also have like 
I think a sense of like irony about yeah, it. when like so. when Ephraim is there at the at the piano and he's like, oh, nothing. Just you know, I found out I'm in love with a girl who's in love with a boy in a coma. Mm-hmm. But other yeah. than that, a, a little standard. too glib, like in a, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in like a knowing way. Like yeah. So yeah, and I could see why it's there too. Like the best one of the best scenes was between the the kid and his dad, like yelling at each other. Yep, like there that is was the best. Yeah. You know, Ephraim, I thought you'd change. I thought if we moved here. You'd stop with the fighting, with the acting out. Yeah, I got this black guy because of you. Dick. You keep talking to me like that, you're going to get yourself another one. Yeah, he said you were crazy. And you know what? Newsflash, you are. All right, you quit your job. You grow this ugly-ass beard. You look like you wear your clothes to bed, and you move us to the middle of Nowheresville, USA. And why? For what reason? Because somebody told you it was pretty once? And if that's not enough, you talk to mom like she's still here. Yeah, I've seen you. And Delia, too. So what do I have to say for myself? What do you have to say for yourself? I can't believe you think my beard is ugly. Mom would never have done this to us. She never would have moved us here or gone crazy. Don't be so sure of that. I am sure. All right, I knew her. You didn't know her. You were never around. We all just tolerated you. Hey, that's pretty good. What else you got? I wish you died instead of her. Well, I wish I did too, you little bastard. I hate you. I hate you right back. Now get in that house. Go for a ride. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At some point, you're getting in that house. Yeah, yeah, because like, it, yeah. And you see the interaction between like the two worlds that you're watching. Like well, you have to be able to see both of their perspectives. Honestly, for that specifically for it me, it was also that treat William suddenly became like an actual human being. Because, and he like, screamed I, and he I was no longer really being that gentle. About that. Like yeah. this guy makes me feel like <laughs> he's not in the reality of the show. He's too... You were like, you wanted more Chris Pratt. No, no, no. No, <laughs> never will want more Chris Pratt. We but gotta like, be careful, by the uh, way, because we might get Treat Williams as an interview guest. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh, poor Treat Williams. This is what I'm saying. Like, Treat Williams, like, he's so... The way that... At least the way the character is written. He's the smartest. He's yeah. the best. He uh-huh. has all the right answers. He's always <clears throat> calm. That's why that one little scene between him and the son was the first time that i was mm-hmm. like oh i like this this was good i mean yeah. but it, i mean it, the way it's written it makes sense that he is that way though like why that he's disconnected almost yeah like because he is a world famous brilliant surgeon who nobody can do anything yeah, to hurt him because he's rich as balls yeah. like yeah like, yeah exactly he's rich that's another fucking thing to add to the list there's so many things about this character that makes him like this infallible guy right. and we're supposed to like him like i would rather not like him and he's this infallible guy or that he's a fallible guy i mean like obviously he's well, fallible pilot because too. he didn't yes i know i'm not again <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm saying these criticisms because I obviously am a critical asshole. Mm-hmm. I that's my first <laughs> inclination is always to just pick things apart. I'm trying to find in my notes, like like I I mean what I would say is like I like 100% agree right that his character is like. It's almost like the guy from The Name of the Wind or whatever the fuck that book is. Yes, he's clothed. Yes, clothed. yes. Like, yes. yes. Treat Williams is absolutely clothed. And yes. like, and and I, I, I think that for the most part, the show like does like over the course of the show, mm-hmm. like it knows that. Yeah. Like that is the okay. point. I'm tr- I'm trying to find So far his only weakness is just that he didn't show up for things like it was the movie the Liar Liar like it's yeah, it's the trope of the, the dad not being there and I'm like that's whatever. not yeah. fallible yeah. enough because we don't even see it. We just see this angsty kid who guess what? You know, I loved my dad and I fought with him all the time and I was not it, like 
teenagers are angsty sometimes. Like that's just it, you know, like, so him, the teenager being angsty doesn't even have to have that motivation of him being this non-existent parent. So for me, it's not really like a real thing. It doesn't <clears throat> feel real that that's his one fallible thing. Like yeah. so he's just this perfect fucking thing that I'm like, all right, uh-huh. where like that's why the other doctor is funnier because mm-hmm. he's yeah, yeah, like yeah. and more interesting because yeah, he's, he's like you bit. like he's us like <laughs> yes. he's like what is up with this fucking douchebag <laughs> coming I, into my I, town i've told you he re- he reminds me of 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 will your D. oh character. my god i was wondering if that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's him fuck that guy so 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 no let's 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 um i'm gonna go through some of my notes as just kind of like conversation fodder some more background information that I didn't want to read beforehand. So Greg Berlanti was 30 when the show premiered, which Hmm. of course makes me feel like a fucking failure. (laughs) Um, He has said that two of his favorite shows were Northern Exposure, which is about a a doctor who moves to an eccentric town in Alaska and Picket Fences, which was set in a quirky small town in Wisconsin. Picket Fences. That sounds familiar. Do you remember? I, I vaguely remember it. Why do I know, I know Picket Fences? What I know the fences. Fences. It was just It was just like on TV or whatever. I when know. was it? Like, was it when this was on? Well, this was before? No, it that would have been probably in the late 90s. Yeah. I wonder if my parents want Picket Fences. That you know what the funny so thing is, too, that I'm realizing? It's like, it's so different talking about what shows people know, like pre-streaming services. Right. Because you had to like see it when it aired, right? Yep, and you miss some. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So anyway, so some some critical reception that I'll, I'll go through here. So Neil Genslinger of the New York Times described it as quote a promising new drama full of wry touches, and wrote that in its debut, quote the show lurches between pathos and humor in an addictive sort of way. I can see that. Uh, People magazine called the show. Treakly but mm. tolerable. Treakly, you guys know that like really word? super sweet, like thick, like saccharin. Sweet. Oh, treacle. Yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I never realized it was pronounced treakly. Wait, I'm I gonna quick listen ad, to it. The adjectival yeah, form. Interesting. Interesting. I've adjectival. never heard that. That's cool. Yeah, and so the, and then so it's funny because like in the in the episode they have they make a big deal out of like there was a Time magazine piece about right his departure from New York. Mm-hmm. And in the commentary, Greg Berlanti is like, he talks about how like, yeah, we kind of gave them free advertising the show. And then yeah. they wrote up like a negative <laughs> review. <laughs> first episode. So like, yeah. So James Pony Wozik, I don't know if that's his name, wrote it up for time magazine in a piece called treacle down theory. Mm. He wrote quote, we've seen this before man escapes the amoral city mm-hmm. to rediscover his humanity in the right. country mm-hmm. where decent folk live. Yeah. Right. Didn't David Lynch and South Park kill that canard? <laughs> it would be forgivable if the show were better written, uh-huh. like the WB's wholesome but sassy mother-daughter comedy, Gilmore Girls. No, fuck <laughs> Gilmore Girls. I hate yeah, Gilmore no. Girls. Agreed. Um, and then for LA Times, Howard Rosenberg wrote, Everwood at times overcomes its urban to boonies stock TV premise. Unlike much of primetime drama, it pauses to mourn death with sensitivity and even has Brown regularly engage in hallucinatory chats with his dead wife as he continues to feel the ache of grief. And there's an explosive argument here between Andrew and resentful Ephraim, easily the show's most arresting character, that is memorable for its searing raw emotion. 
Yet otherwise, everyone has much going against it, most notably an, un- an absence of subtlety that undermines Brown and others. Mm-hmm. Andy Brown, he is so arrogant and smug Wait, with a Andy bedside. Brown? Oh, he's the, he's main the main character. Treat, treat I'm, I'm, going between na- I'm going between real names and fictional names. No, and I'm yeah, not 100%. names anyway. Okay. He writes, Andy is so arrogant and smug with, yes. a, bedside ma- with a bedside manner bordering on the smarmy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Th- Although here I, d- I disagree, right? It says that he's likable only compared with his conveniently snotty and mean-spirited rival. It's like, oh. no, I like uh, I like Dr. Abbott uh-huh. a lot more. Yeah, 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 totally. It's, it's, yeah. And, and he writes, it's a stretch, by the way, that Abbott would be the only doctor in this rather cosmopolitan hamlet of 9,000. 9,000? Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Nine, yeah, also, that is that is a stretch. A nine but I think maybe a lot of those people anyway. might just travel to like another. Right. There, there are town. rural doctors as well. I mean, like the town I grew been a, up in a had less people than I'm pretty sure had a bunch of doctors. Yeah. So. I'm, but I'm, I'm totally cool with like suspension. At this point. Yeah, yeah that doesn't bother me. Yeah. But it, and it also writes also a stretch is how kids here repeatedly speak mature lines inconsistent with her tender ages mm. it's a big step for me little delia tells her dad when starting school and everyone do i have to eat these they don't smell right well you're in luck today because we're late but i want you to drink every bit of that orange juice young lady dad i've read that high doses of vitamin c cause blindness and migraines uh-huh is that from have a medical degree no do i i see where you're taking this uh-huh there's your bus where's my lunch 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 I forgot to make it. Tell you what, here. Here's some cash. I don't think they'll change a 50. Okay, here's some singles. I forgot. You want to do this alone? It's a big step for me. Love you. I love you too, kiddo. I don't. I, I like that line. Yeah. I love Delia. And I she's, don't she's that, think yeah, that. I don't I think, think they that, all do. She does. But I also, you know what? The thing is, as a fucking parent, kids say wise shit. Uh-huh. Kids they say really, the darndest things. They really can. You know, like I, I, I know that like I'm biased uh, for my kids, but like my kids say shit that makes me feel stuff sometimes you know i'm like oh yeah shit like no they're, exactly they're just because the thing is often kids will see shit in simple ways and when they say the thing in the simple way it makes you go oh wow like their perspective mm-hmm. is just different and it so i i don't like it when people reduce in general as a parent i don't like it when people don't believe in children anyway and i'm not a big children person i don't like kids in general i don't i really (laughs) don't i'm not a kid person but having the experience of a parent kids can handle way more than you think they can and they are smarter than most people give them credit for and they absorb shit they absorb what people what adults are saying around them absolutely and listen i don't think it's williams <laughs> yeah. So, so with him as a with him as a like with him yeah. as a parent, why wouldn't she like it's a right. big step for me? Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, also that is the way she's she's written as precocious. Yes, but or you whatever, know, okay, like, like think about our children. I'm and not this, saying it's I'm not believable. Into, like, I'm just saying, I like think about our children mm-hmm. and like the way that these both of these parents are obviously affluent white people. They talk that way when children hear Mm -hmm. certain words or certain phrases, because as soon as kids hear that language or that way that people Mm -hmm. like there's our kids say weird shit, probably because of what I say. Like we don't talk down to them. Right. Right. We don't. So fuck you. uh, Yeah. 
Howard Rosenberg. Right. Yeah, I disagree for, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then for so for the New Yorker, Nancy Franklin wrote. So she, so her her kind of initial criticism was like about it being maybe like a bit too like sweet or self serious at times. I kind of forget but but i only say that because she wrote she wrote once you get past its homiletic aspects like so like an a homily, a homily yeah the show has some real charm the wb has almost cornered the market on a particular kind of family series that appeals to teenagers and to some extent to their parents and in some cases to both at the same time mm -hmm. the shows are wholesome but they don't for the most part pander and they appeal to that part of all of us that is still trying to figure out and possibly repair our own family. Hmm. And then in reference to like the, the similarities between Everwood and like Northern Exposure, like I said about the doctor who mm -hmm. moves to an eccentric town, she writes, Everwood may have a formula, but it doesn't lean on it too heavily. Yeah. It uses the formula well as a way of getting at the character's emotions. Someone told me the other day that he had watched an episode of Everwood, but was embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> right? I'm, embar I'm the, embarrassed to admit that I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it connects with like what I was saying about like, it's kind of a guilty pleasure, but kind of yeah, not. Like yeah, she writes, she, she ended her review with the WB should take that as good news. When you feel embarrassed by a show, you almost always come back for more. <laughs> Yeah, And then, yeah, USA Today, Robert Bianco wrote, some shows are so syrupy, mm. you're afraid the tape will stick to the VCR. <laughs> it's all very heartwarming or heartburning, oh. depending on your tolerance for sweets. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know, I wouldn't even say that it was sweet. No. You know, I, I, I know that they keep using that word multiple times reviewers and and this is coming from all, after all of that nasty those nasty things i said but i don't think it was sweet i think it was piloty that's yeah. what i think it was i mean maybe they're talking about episodes that i haven't seen yet but it was no that, well, you're, you're like i said there's that's pre-review okay so one, i yeah. don't i think maybe they you were just to well, to the whole premise it. is your wife died like obviously there's going to be some right. tenderness surrounding and you know, and I, will say, I don't even yeah. fucking know the show and i don't really have a connection to the street williams person yet but i <laughs> we know i know but i teared up a little bit at that moment where he was hugging his daughter because mm -hmm. You know, I lost my father and yeah. that part of the show, just trying to, you know, I don't think it was overdone. Just trying to like yeah. hold your shit together after you've lost someone. They're past the grieving, grieving, grieving stuff. They're past the, the, the the crying all the time stuff, but like those just like, it might've been too much. If like he had a scene like that with his son this early or yes, something like that, right. sure. like which yeah. I could totally yeah. see happening in yeah. a show and call that super sweet. Right. That just, never happens. The show doesn't really explore their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he goes into a coma. The next sitting episode. together as if for the first time and then they're fine. He goes into a coma too. <laughs> um, it turns into yeah. a medical that is drama. In the, in the commentary, Greg Berlanti did say that, like, he wanted to write a show that kind of explored, like, the father-son relationship in a way that yeah. he, he didn't feel like he had seen before. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. And I wonder, like, with the whole, like, talking to your dead wife thing, right. like, is that part of what's groundbreaking about the show? Because 
at this point, I feel like it's I've not, seen a bunch of yeah, shows yeah. that have that in it. But so, I don't know if it. I don't was think that's groundbreaking. I don't think that the, that's. I don't. I don't think so. That description was in the 2016 oral history. Right. So what it is kind of referring to, I don't think we've really seen yet. Okay. Yeah. I, there, I, there, I are, that, there yeah. are, are 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 things that the show kind of ended up doing that um, I think could be fairly viewed right. as as I, I just and I'm just way. trying to. It's hard to because I'm watching it. 18 years yeah. after it first aired. So I'm wondering what yeah. is tired to me and what might've been a fresher. Then. Sure. Cause, yeah. and that's, that's a, that's a, that's a really important thing to consider too. Because mm-hmm. like when I, when I like first went back and watched like six feet under, I that's, was, I was like, just well, thinking oh about six God. feet yeah. under. That's six what I was, under. cause this came after that. That, yes, that came yeah. after this. Sorry. Wait, what came after? Six Feet Under came after this I show. I love Six Feet Under. My God. And it had was full of show. that. And, you Six know. Feet Under for me was like, I was like, uh, it was after I'd watched like Breaking Bad and Dexter. And mm-hmm. I was like, and like Lost. And I was like, wait, yeah. what is this show doing? And it's just, you know, it's like a thinking person's kind of soap opera. Yeah. Is what, is what's what Six Feet Under is. And I don't mean that as like a like a dig like it's mm-hmm. such a great show i just yeah. you had to get a, get over the fact that like it's this isn't doing the twisting like right. cliffhangers right. The constant have them talk about it the monday after like yeah. incessantly or yeah. whatever so as we were watching i i think i could tell i mean at least eric your it sounded like your favorite character is, is dr abbott i think so, in terms of the most entertaining because it, it, yeah. it's it's a foil to the the rest of the show's tone. Like Correct. it's the biggest yeah. comedic yeah. sort of twist in there. He's clearly a caricature. Like you, right. you're not supposed to, I don't think you're supposed to take this rivalry seriously. That the way fucking it's moment. See that that's what I wanted to say that in the middle, but I knew we weren't recording, but the fucking moment, the first fucking moment you meet that doctor and he's talking to the old guy, with the, the old leg. guy. I was like, are we watching a play right now? Cause it was, both, <laughs> it was too like very caricature. Like I could see myself playing one of those characters as a bit yeah. part in a larger play. Like those two characters weren't even necessarily larger parts. Mm-hmm. Just like, well, I'm the old man. With a complaint. <laughs> yeah. And then like that How long old has it been bothering you? Oh, about old... three years. <laughs> that old well, man like... was doing an old man impression. Right. Like that's what yeah. was happening. Like that guy is like 20 years younger than yeah. what <laughs> like, that character real. is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, the same thought. Hey, Doc, Doc. <laughs> I've been waiting for you right on time. Yeah. Uh, how are you today, Dr. Abbott? Just fine, Mr. Greeley. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> and how are you today, oh, Mr. Greeley? I'm so glad you asked. There's a pain in my left leg just above the knee. Is it throbbing pain or sharp pain? Throbbing. No, no sharp. No throbbing. Uh-huh. How long have you had it? About three years. I've been opening this Friday around 2.15. Oh, well, but couldn't you just check me out here? As I've explained to you before, Mr. Greeley, there are insurance regulations that prohibit me from diagnosing you without a proper checkup. But it's just a little pain. A little pain can become a big lawsuit. Let's say, hypothetically, I were to misdiagnose you now with an osteoarthritic condition and advise you to purchase some aspirin. You adhere to my suggestion, and this evening you drop dead, again, hypothetically, of a vascular brain disorder expressing itself unilaterally in your left leg. Can you imagine the malpractice case that your family would have against me? Sorry, I don't make the rules. I just live by them. Friday, 2.15 then. And then the other guy is just like this, well, listen, I am the one doctor in this place and I am fancy. <laughs> I almost like, have a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's so, great. I, I absolutely <laughs> enjoy him too. He's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So 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 yeah, in the in that New York review, Nancy Franklin wrote the other pleasant casting surprise <laughs> is Tom Amandis, who plays Dr. Harold Abbott. Dr. Habit has an unfortunate personality. His way of welcoming Dr. Brown to Everwood is to tell him that he's in his parking space. He goes out of his way to make sure that he'll be disliked. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then he worries about being disliked. Yes. (laughs) So good. He he wrestles, he wrestles with his prickliness and rigidity. And when he manages to override his own worst instinct, the sarcasm, the stubbornness, both of which are pretty amusing, actually. He has a real sparkle. He has a nice crackly voice, too. I'll bet he does a good Jimmy Stewart imitation. <laughs> the Jimmy Stewart comparison comes up, like, actually hmm. multiple times. So, like, apparent, so like according to, like, the, the special, like, the featurette on the DVD called In Search of Everwood, apparently um, Tom Amandis came in to read for Andy Brown, and 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 Greg Berlanti like notes that he had this like Jimmy Stewart quality to his voice. Hmm. And when they told him that they'd like him to come in and read for Dr. Abbott, apparently he said, oh, in a way that like made them sure that yep. he was their doctor. The reaction to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and then in that in that Entertainment Weekly oral history thing, at the, Lynette Rice wrote, when writer Greg Berlanti first pitched the story of Everwood, the reaction was that it seemed like a modern day version of a Jimmy Stewart movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Treat Williams said, he recalled, I told them that I thought it was the closest thing to Frank Capra I'd ever seen mm-hmm. in reference to the director of It's a, it's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Dr. Rabbit. Um, I... And he only gets better. Like, oh, but me. I love. I was worried that he was going to leave just because eventually he runs him out of business or some shit. Because like, how can no, you he, be a free uh, doctor? You, you can face? no. He's 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 God. a main he's a main character. All right, good. A a main he character. He comes in sure. and he's a free doctor. Okay, like, am I so, supposed to like right? Him? Exactly. That's what, what I'm saying. It ruins so, the guy's so, business. Like, family guy? business started Half by his damn dad. Episode. I was like, this guy. Am I supposed to like this guy? I don't he's know what. Not I don't know what the conversation about healthcare was right. in 2002. <laughs> but definitely, like, but like Greg Berlanti acknowledged in the DVD commentary, he was like. This is unrealistic. It's kind right. of like wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sure. didn't say, he didn't talk about how, about whether that makes Andy unlikable. Or not. <laughs> I think that's an interesting perspective, right? Like, because yeah. on the one hand, like, I think, like, I, I imagine we're all like in support of like universal like, yes, healthcare, sure. right? We are all, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but like, but, so, but in this situation, it's like, I think there's like a certain amount We're of still like living like in that environment, they're still living in a capitalist society. They're well, they've still also living set in, it up that this is the only other doctor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're not like, like going into a city full of right. millions of people and exactly. hundreds of thousands of doctors and like being obnoxious. a place where people yeah. go for free care. It's like, right. Oh, there's a free doctor or this other doctor. I'm going to go to the because free doctor. The thing <laughs> is what I thought it was setting up was that obviously he's just a nicer human, right? I thought people were going to go to the other 
doctor because he's nicer. He's a, a better, better doctor. He's and, a better yeah. doctor. Sure. But in fact, <laughs> no, he's just no. not charging anything. That's <laughs> well, it. I'm like, what? no, so really, he's not just a nice doctor. First, it was first it was because he treated some sexy lady <laughs> that everybody heard about. Sexy lady? <laughs> oh That's my God. Lee Garlington as the as the Well, I, I was referring to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, as the right. sexy Elizabeth lady. <laughs> Um, uh, and also, like, I, I, I think that it was a little sort of the way it was written. Um, people, the the writers, sort of knew what they were doing, and the whole multiple reveals that different people are related. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's totally like it's got to be right. Like a little bit. I just wondered if it cheek. was like a t small town joke, though, Maybe. where you go to a small town and fucking everyone is related or at least knows each other. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I thought the kind of thing that was going on was because it's like. Right. Like your small town where you were like, I knew like Eric grew up in Western Pennsylvania. There was one black family. Mm -hmm. That was it. So like the, literally all the black people knew each other yeah. and that was it. Mm -hmm. Like that was like the reality of real life. Yeah, we had four or five black kids from. in my school. Right. The two were siblings. The other three were siblings and they were, and they cousins. were cousins. I'm not joking. And that's what <laughs> small towns are. I mean, like, that's how it is up yeah. here, too. Like, we've moved up here and everyone knows each other. Like, there's only a, a certain amount of diversity at all. And it's it's. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw that, I thought it was just a joke. Like, oh, well, all these people are related. I think it's like a fact about maybe small towns. But yeah. I also think like from a storytelling perspective, sure. it's like adding wrinkles to right. these to these here are these multiple right. like, right. threads like of, course, of relations yeah like of course the the guy who's bullying Ephraim is right is Amy's sister and <laughs> mm -hmm. also they're the, the children of the of Dr. Abbott right and and that he's like the the son of you know the the nurse who's working for his competitor right yeah I and liked that, that I liked that one I liked that the was nurse good yeah being the mom I, I just I think I knew the more than the way that they were presented they were like these reveals that you were like wait what wait yeah. Yeah. what yeah yeah I don't know but I mean I, like I was saying you did I think, or didn't like that I, you didn't I don't like know that it. I did or didn't like it it's just that I feel like it was intentional like that it was sure. repetitive yeah right 100%. I just I yeah. liked the reveal that the mom was the the, the nurse mm -hmm. was the mother I didn't I thought it was a little that Chris Pratt was the like I get it there's the trope of like I'm the mayor's kid so nobody can can get me but he's just like the other doctor's kid and they just doesn't seem like it seems like You've Chris never Pratt's been being in, you set up to a, a small I guess not but like I doctor is important they have money and it's well, someone people the, trust the, and, but the difference I guess for me like it seems like Chris Pratt's being set up as like I don't know the jock uh what's it called popular kid like the like the, and he's like this he doesn't he doesn't even look like the doctor guy i it think something that was off. jarring to me like storytelling wise and i i don't know if it's good or bad it's that like when he when Ephraim first goes to school there are these two kids that make fun of him right and then he's bullied by two different, different kids boys. yeah like was chris pratt famous at this time at all no or, no he so was unknown did you see his that? hair i know it so, was very so, 80s almost so, so he weird. was so so Chris Pratt was like about to like le was about to leave LA and give up on acting when oh, when he got a chance to Thanks, it. Damn it, Ever All right, come now on, Greg like Orlando. What, what, so, and what they what they liked about what they liked about Chris Pratt compared to like everyone else who was auditioning for this bully part mm. was that he had this like 
this this like like almost innocent like baby face mm-hmm. about him and kind of this like Viking like something or other. Like they use mm-hmm. the Viking term. So like um and so so but yeah like I, I i i get that that might be a bit much of a stretch there is a deleted scene from the pilot where you do meet the mayor the mother oh and and i think that there's there's actually some physicality between her and chris pratt yeah. that might make make it make sense a bit more but Wait, also I, I their do, mom is the mayor well because it's mentioned right i mean otherwise i don't know how you know it kt i just like guessed the, i was just saying that it was like a trope Usually wait, you were, there's, wait they were just you equating the doctor yes. dad as like the mayor. Yeah, I was equating wait, the doctor wait, dad to a mayor role. Are you saying that you're not, there's no line in the pilot about I'm the mayor's kid? No, there isn't. <laughs> I just guessed that. I oh just, my God. Oh, so there's yes. the doctor's so his, wife is the yes, mayor, apparently. The doctor's wife That's is literally hilarious. the mayor of everyone. I, I Adam, I, I'm telling you, as you watch the show with me, you're probably going to see me predict shit more and um, more often. Honestly, no comment, but I like, honestly, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I, 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 <laughs> I thought I assumed that like there had been some reference that I forgot. I did not like, know the reference. So like I you, only, the only mayoral no, reference really, I heard was now, you, you saying. You know what's funny? Now that actually makes me. It makes more sense you that like Chris Pratt's better, the way he is because more. I was saying like, yeah, really, it's just the doctor. What are you acting like? Your dad is the mayor? Right, no, he's the just a doctor. Right. That's what oh, he's exactly. saying. That's what I was saying. I wasn't so saying. You, yeah. Yeah. Because it's a trope. It's a thing Your that's used politician in so many father stories. Can pull Not strings, even necessarily politician, but politician is common. It's usually someone who is the top. Most important person in the town. Where, to me, I didn't think that this doctor character was important enough, even mm-hmm. though he was "quote unquote" the only doctor in town. Like, I like, didn't um, think that was important. Like, for enough, example, and now like he's um, the mayor's like son, in, and like, that makes so much more for, sense. Like a, a non-politician example, I thought just thought of for some reason is in like Little Giants. Like, um, right, what's Ed his O'Neill's, face? Ed O'Neill's yep, character. He's yes, not a politician, but he owns a car dealership, and he's an athletic yes, hero. So absolutely. he's like, yep. The guy. So, that's so interesting that you kind of used that trope as a comparison, yeah. and you're right on. Like, yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Abbott is the mayor. Yeah, it's like I think it speaks. I think I think it speaks to like for sure. Like the show is is playing with those tropes, mm-hmm. and it might not, not not like playing with in this really creative, subversive way, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it is you know. It's doing that. Like, you know, the sure. girl's boyfriend is in a coma. The bully <laughs> is the son yes. of the mayor and the town doctor. Like, mm-hmm. and oh like, my God. But I like, can't I believe he's the son of the mayor. That's but you can believe it because that's how he was funny. acting. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I, um, but yeah, so, so let's talk about, so, I mean, so there are some like, some, some, some significant criticisms of the show that mm-hmm. I think it's it's important to kind of acknowledge. Um, so one is so kind of the the, the narration, mm-hmm. and I so I do think so that that new, the New Yorker piece that I've quoted a few times, Nancy Franklin, mm-hmm. I think that was written in like January of two thousand three. So it was it it was with like a solid like half of the season under her belt. Mm-hmm. So that might be it might not be all that great for me to be quoting it, but okay. whatever. But so she wrote, like, she wrote about the the narration. Um, you know, many of the episodes begin and end with a voiceover yeah. by Irv, 
the school bus driver, okay. and local fount of wisdom and that's, loving I kindness. I thought that was who it was. Yeah, that's I, him. I didn't yep. know. Yeah, the okay. wise black guy. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, and, and we'll get to that in the next. Yeah. Yep. She writes, a, a device, it's a device that has yet to add anything sub- substantive to the show, but only deflates it with spiritual gobbledygooks. We've got that to look forward to. Um, but so, <laughs> oh, no. but so, so Greg Berlanti like acknowledged this in the DVD commentaries, like acknowledged the criticisms of the, the narration. And he, he was like, yeah, you know what? I wanted it to feel a bit like our town with kind of a twist with a bent. Uh-huh. So like, there it is. Like, it's whatever. fine. It's fine. But, but so yeah, that's the biggest thing. The, 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 that like what you just said, Eric, like, yeah. About the wise black man, like mm-hmm. um, the what, like. As soon as I heard it the first time, or I guess the second time we listened to it, I'm like, "Oh, this show is full of white people." Yes. Absolutely. When we when we restarted the episode, <laughs> yep, and I heard the black guy talking again. And you were like, "This, this show is full of, of white people." people. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So 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 I will say that like, this is not. I'm not doing like. I'm not making an argument for like not casting black people uh-huh. because that's yeah. bullshit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like having lived in Colorado, <laughs> sure. like yeah. I know that like there are a lot of white people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. People. Yeah. Like, Especially in is... a town of that size compared to. Yeah, yeah like exactly. So, so, so there's that. And mm-hmm. so, but, 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 so, it, but, but yeah, so Irv there, uh, there's a valid criticism here of kind of like connecting him with what was, what has been called the spiritual Negro right. kind mm-hmm. of cliche. Yeah. Totally. Right? Nancy Franklin in that New Yorker piece, he, she wrote Beasley plays a more articulate version of the Michael Clark Duncan character in yep. the green mile. Yep. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the lot of black actors of a certain age and build and voice mm-hmm. to play blue collar workers who also happen to be holy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then in that, in that, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that time magazine piece, James uh, Pony Wozik. Most unfortunate is Everwood's narrator, the town school bus driver who's in the Bagger Vance tradition <laughs> of the wise black man yeah. put on earth to comment on the white star's spiritual <laughs> Yeah. God, that's mm-hmm. so sad because I really like that actor. Yeah. I also I like really, there's a yeah. um um the it's a biracial relationship him and right exactly yeah. which is nice. which for which again like was you know it's not like the first no mixed race relationship in tv right. but like it, for 2002 right i don't know so i'm torn well, there right were like no i offer I... options for him <laughs> <laughs> like wait like for that character to marry I, i'm just saying yeah they were he only had a white corner they only had white people in the class. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't an actual choice. It was just the only option. Oh my She's God. the blackest lady we've got. Let's <laughs> have them marry. She's the blackest lady. Oh my got. God. Oh. So I mean, so yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I think that there is some like mitigating stuff with the fact that like you will learn more about his character mm-hmm. like as the show goes on, like it, it makes sense that he's kind of the narrator and mm-hmm. like, all, and so like, there's like, like there's all that stuff that like, I, I have the inclination to be like, yes, but mm-hmm. which I have to acknowledge is like, right. comes from a place of white privilege. Mm-hmm. Like the most important thing is just acknowledging that dis like, regardless of the intentions of the creators of the show, mm-hmm. they inadvertently, they, they played into a stereotype and a cliche mm-hmm. and were, and were complicit in, you know, in casting processes and, and writing processes around race. That yeah. is, it's, it, it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, yeah, like I, I absolutely acknowledge that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and say like, 
oh, Everwood gets really groundbreaking around this treatment of race. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that for sure. Um, but so, so some other things that I want to note and say. First of all, the actor who plays Nina, the next door neighbor, mm-hmm. the mother of the little gardener, Stephanie Nisnik, I just want to acknowledge that tragically, oh, unexpectedly, no. she died last year. Oh no. June twenty third, twenty nineteen. And like it was like so she must have been what, like in her forties or fifties, maybe? Well, yeah, fifties. Yeah. Wow. It's really unexpected and really I'm really still sad about it because she's just so you know, she hasn't had a big part in the show so far. But she's but like she seems but like she's a so good actor. Solid. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. just so grounded and she turned she I I love Nina as part of the show. Yeah. I think she was really perfectly cast. And so um, yeah, it's just I, you know, let's uh, honor the fact that, like, yeah, we, I think, we lost her really tragically young. I mean, in her fifties. Yeah, that's really. I think it was some kind of weird liver liver thing. Was she in other um, stuff? Like, was she? Does she I mean, the only vaguely th- familiar to me, but the only know. other thing that like I kind of know her from is like from one of the Star Trek movies, oh. <laughs> and like when when the news like reported on her death, it was like Star Trek actor, right? And yeah. it was just like she was just in like one of the movies, I forget mm-hmm. which. Interesting. Well, they're not going to mention Everwood. Um, <laughs> no, no, they 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 mentioned uh, that was like the top. It might it might have been Star Trek okay, slash Adam. Everwood or that was okay, the Adam. top on the Everwood <laughs> fan site. They mentioned all, that. Yeah, all on Everwood. Dot fanbase.com. They say Star Trek actress <laughs> are the, are the, died. Uh, on the, all the news sites, all the journalists are like, well, it says here on her IMDb she was in four seasons of this show, Everwood. Uh, never heard of it. Just go with Star <laughs> that was, Trek. That was that Al Swearingen show, right? Was she oh one of the whores? God. That cowboy show. Yeah, yeah. that's really so, sad because she did seem really talented. I, I, yeah. I did like her so far. She really was only in a couple scenes, but she's so now good. we get to we we get to be sad every time we see her. What was her screen. name? Stephanie Nisnik. Stephanie Nisnik. Okay. Yeah. Sucks. You're not a plant. I'm a boy. Impressive. I see you've met my resident horticulturalist. <laughs> Honey, why don't you go inside? It's cold. Nina Feeney and that monster Samuel were your neighbors. Well, that's a weird coincidence, because I'm your neighbor. <laughs> Dr. Brown, right? Please, Andy. And uh, how did you... Oh, small town Andy. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to ship him off to daycare, but it was nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, Nina. And so, yeah, then there's the theme song, right? Which, uh, according to the DVD commentary, Greg Berlanti... Oh, I already talked about this. I just didn't say what it was. Miles from Nowhere by Cat Stevens. He had wanted that to be... The theme song, but cutting it to length for the opening credits just never worked. Hmm. So Blake Neely, the composer of kind of the music in the show, came in one day with the song and had Berlanti listen to it. Hmm. Um, yeah, we haven't really seen the opening credits yet. Yeah, yeah. we'll see yeah, it. it was we'll different. see it next time. Yeah. Um, and Berlanti I'm like immediately to watch knew something that isn't the pilot. I, I pilots are always pilots weird. are always 100%. the worst, right? 100%. Like, and that was not the worst. It really wasn't. No, so bad. yeah, it's, it's, but it's, pilots it's, always are. Well, the not other thing really is too, pilots always feel the weirdest, especially if it's a show you like. You've watched the whole thing and then you go back yeah, to the pilot. Back, That's when like, they feel the weirdest. Yeah. yeah. Do you it's have weird. that feeling, Adam, when you watch it? Is it like, oh man, these characters get so much like different or like? Does the show have that? I, I honestly like, like I, I, I'm in love with it too much. Yeah. Like I, like I love the pilot too much and I see it as too much kind of 
as just setting up the DNA of the show mm-hmm. for me to be even, I can't even see okay. like, but like there's some like, shows that like the office has a pilot season, basically where yeah. the first season of the, the, right. the American the office are not even in it. Like right. the ones yes. that are there are just not there. And so like, so yeah. like with, with like community, right? Like I see the pilot uh-huh. and I'm like, Oh man, they have no idea. Yes. Like they have absolutely. no idea what the show is going to turn into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with, with Everwood, it's like, yeah, like I, I understand like it, but, like, but mostly, so like I understand that it's like kind of like there are some tropes and some cliches, but but ultimately for me it's like this show they managed in five minutes to set up the whole backstory and the whole emotional context mm-hmm. for what for what these characters are going to be experiencing in the show. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, and the characters just get set up so perfectly in my opinion mm-hmm. both they're like they're they're like what makes them appealing and also they're like foibles and the things that make them annoying it's all there like it's all like the stew is like is getting started like on mm. the stove and so i i love it i but i will say like, like absolutely like as the show goes on for sure like like with any show like when it it, it, it gets its legs and you start really making connections and forming relationships with the characters. And yeah. So 100%. It is a pilot. It's mm-hmm. And like you said, KT, like, I don't think it's not a bad pilot. No, it is very not. much a yeah. pilot, especially a 2002 WB pilot. Right. Drama for pilot. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the pilot, this, the show itself would eventually be shot in Utah. But the pilot was shot in Calgary, Canada. Hmm during what was apparently like a record breaking winter apparently it was like negative 30 degrees when they were shooting and it was the coldest so that was what's wrong with that kid's fingers (laughs) (laughs) fingers. frostbite what's wrong with you apparently it was the coldest it was the coldest it had ever been in calgary on the first day of spring yikes Wow. So like they're like so like yeah the DVD like features like they're like oh, that's yeah. pretty much they all, just all the stories about how cold it was. yeah and all the stories when they remember it are about like equipment freezing up and oh, like yeah. Vivian Vivian Cardone who plays Delia talked about how like Tom Amandis like went for a, like decided to go for a walk and when he came back he was like covered in icicles oh my god <laughs> it's just kind of funny yeah um, there was apparently some studio pushback on Ephraim's purple hair. I think that only really lasts like a few episodes. For real, the funny thing is, his hair doesn't even look purple. It looks it doesn't, slightly yeah. red. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it does. When they were making fun of his hair color, I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? He has right. nothing in his hair." It's like, oh right. look, a slight red highlight. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Ooh, he's so edgy and different. I'm like, what kind of hick ass kids are these? <laughs> like, well, they, the they, teenagers you know, are, are making fun of kids. a different hair color. Like, for real though, that's so obnoxious right. no teenager. especially for 2002 like, no teenager <laughs> a kid like adults in the town could have said something like wait wait a second you've come to whiteville you can't have hair like that right. like, the kids would have probably been like whoa what the fuck is that that's pretty cool where are you from new york all right well that makes sense we're gonna call you new york yeah we're gonna call you new york <laughs> i did like i do i do like in his interaction with those bullies like in the first interaction hey freak Look at the hair, man. They run out of green at the store. Hey, you. A friend here asked you a question. Where's your manners? I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't understand him. You see, I don't speak dumbass, but since you obviously do, maybe you could translate for me. Adam was like, I really want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, I really want to be that guy with the purple red hair. 
<laughs> oh, I can't wait to get Gregory Smith on this podcast. <laughs> oh God, you know what's that's gonna really make if that's really your goal. <laughs> people are gonna hate me because I'm gonna sound like the meanest person because most of my comments are I will say there was a time about- sometime in the past two weeks, one of your you had a little bit of moment of anguish about this show because you were like what if Adam actually gets somebody famous on the yeah. show? I'm going to feel like such an asshole. I so bad. It was a moment of know, actual anxiety the, the for KT. The fact is, like, if anyone does listen to this, if we ever actually fucking publish this or whatever, and anyone listens to this, and they hear me, and they only know me from Pork Fried Dice, where I also play an asshole. I'm not actually an asshole in real life. I'm a very sensitive, sympathetic, empathetic person. Uh, the only person I truly actually hate is Chris Pratt because he's a fucking douchebag. Like that's oh, and that, that's our. You have one minute. This is our. What's it called? Pratt. What's the name of this section? Prattling on. I think. Prattling on. You have one minute to rant about. I don't even. I don't even have the energy right now because I had a headache all day. But like Chris Pratt, I will say the funny. Here's my sarcastic comment of the day. Chris Pratt's acting in this show is the best acting I've ever seen him do, <gasps> which is saying oh, something because wow. I think no, and it's because how easy yeah. is it to play a fucking punk ass, like mm-hmm. mean teenage douchebag? It's not hard. So he can do it well. Congratulations, Chris Pratt. You can play a fucking teenage douchebag, but ever since you've done anything else, you just are a self-centered, self-secure, muscly bag of douche. And I don't ever want to see anything that you're in. And that includes superhero <laughs> movies that I fucking like, man. You were the worst part of the Avengers. There you go. There, I don't need to fucking say you. anything else. You were the that worst was, part. That was okay. prattling on. Because I have plenty of other shit to say. No, but that's I, all I'll so, say to na- for now. And yeah, like I will... Eventually I should be able to show you parts of like <laughs> the special features from the dvd oh, God. like and like i was watching them last night and i was like fuck you chris pratt oh good i'm glad God, and like and and, and and you know everybody just all you have to do is google chris pratt chris pratt sucks i yeah. hate chris pratt and yes. you'll find the reasons why like he's problematic yeah um, we don't have to talk about him now we've got we've got so yeah. many other times many more episodes to talk <laughs> so about. many sessions um so what other were there any other comments or questions or moments that you guys liked i don't know if the wife keeps continuing in the show like if that keeps being a thing but i do i did like her and i did like and i said this when we were Mm -hmm. watching but you disagreed she reminded me of i saw it later on it was her mouth i think i think skyler's was and a gun gun, yeah she reminded me of her they have similar like her but she's also like it was the way that she would say a comment and then have her little face that was just like yeah "Mm." you know i was like oh she was good she was a mom like I, mm-hmm. I could feel I, I was vibing with her performance. The thing, so this- the thing I appreciated about those two and I could see them going on is it, it allows you to know more their relationship without yes. having to have gone over it in the pilot mm-hmm. or like yeah. as setting up his backstory, which is something that I feel like the one thing I was missing, which I understand why, because you can't drag it on forever, yeah. is to have a better sense of what the relationship is between the dad and the kids before right. all this happened. But I really you get a very surface uh, yeah. description of it, really. There right. was no relationship. That's the whole oh. point. <laughs> but I mean, that's not obviously not actually true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that so that actor, the woman who plays uh, Mrs. Brown, tragically died yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, 
It's either that or he interacted with her on Twitter. Oh my god! Oh no! no. <laughs> I, her name is Brenda Strong, Brenda and Strong. she that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, like pretty much across the board, every comment, every, like in the rev- in reviews and like special features that I saw, were just people being like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, Brenda Strong is is perfect. She was yeah. perfect at this part. It, she's very likable. Yes, and mm-hmm. rounded. She's very and, and, strong and, too. That's what the the, the thing is. Like yes, I thought her character yes. was kind of like again. I thought she was kind of like Skylar from Breaking Bad. She was she was snappy and she stood up to her husband. She has her own opinion. She's yeah. obviously a strong woman, but I didn't feel like annoyed by her. And you know, unfortunately that's that super misogynistic. <laughs> is it because she had a small part or is it because she's just good and likable? Because like, I, I think thought, she's really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what really also like-, like the, the show is like about that. They had a strong relationship. Right. I think it's not going to be about, or maybe I'm wrong. I've only seen the pilot. Maybe it delves into disagreements they had <laughs> yeah. or something, but I, I it God, doesn't feel I like really it's going to be about that, that though. Cause this, the, the little transitions, you knew they were coming when he was about to talk to his sure. dead wife, but I really liked that they would do the little thing where he would talk like the age difference with the kids. Like he'd be like, she's only four. Well, she's past, not four now. Yeah, she's eight. A, yeah. And, and like, I really, I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. I really liked that without that like, I really liked. It, it didn't like the scene wasn't then set back in their old yes, house. It was, it was in the, right where there. he is currently still at his beard and yes. everything. Yeah. It was I like that. Like it was like, that I disconnect really was cool. Was Cause cool. she's yeah. dealing with that disconnect. So, so a couple of things about that one. So Brenda strong would go on to play in desperate housewives. Oh, like the, the character who like, dies in the first episode and then it sticks around as a ghost. Are you like serious? She, so like, it's like, she totally like, like typecast yeah. as so like bizarre. the woman who dies and it, it sticks around That's as funny. a ghost. Also, you were saying about that like scene about where like he says like Delia is four, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's kind of the surreal. So one thing that was funny, like in the, in the, in the DVD commentary was that like that, that couch placement in that room like if you had seen like a wide angle shot of that it would have apparently been the most bizarre unnatural like placement for, <laughs> for furniture couch, yeah. ever mm-hmm. so like they were just like they were really struggling they were like well we just well let's just do close-up shots right yeah. and like, they're we like won't be able to are, like tell. two feet from a wall or something yeah. like yeah, that yeah exactly mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the couch was by, I remember where it was. It wasn't there a fireplace right there. It was kind of in the, it was like two thirds of the way into the room or like a third of the way into the room. It was a odd, kind of odd. You hmm. could see where it was. I, it, I there wasn't, was a zoom out shot. Nothing struck me. I didn't, was. I wasn't. I, I wouldn't. I don't yeah, remember no, I think it. it was they, weird, but now that you say that. Well. Yeah. Like now that you say that, I'm like, I can see why I hmm. would not have a couch there in a normal room. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, so, maybe I'm. Maybe so some other some other notes that I took one so like they it references like in the opening like the opening titles or whatever like like the opera house yeah um I remember that 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 was another thing that like when I was like kind of hanging out with that woman in Georgetown Colorado mm-hmm. like she was like a big fan of like the local opera uh-huh. house uh-huh. and I don't know if it's like literally in Georgetown I think there was like an uh, an opera or like one really close. But like I know she would talk a lot about like the like the history of opera like in Georgetown, Colorado. So like that jumped out to me. And it really makes me wonder if like it like and I haven't heard this in any commentary or, or interviews or anything, but like I'm like, damn, like did somebody fucking pass through Georgetown, Colorado in real life? Yeah. Like did Greg Berlanti or- not ever actually experience that and decide I want to write about that? I don't mm-hmm. know. 
there are some like ridiculous similarities between Everwood and Georgetown as hmm. the show goes on. Like some of the cultural stuff, like the events that happen in the show. Like I attended like an event in Georgetown. I was like, this is like fuck. I would never would. <laughs> um, I really, sh- I really should have made things work. Is with that her. how? What percentage of the reason is that? Uh, is Everwood why you went to school in Colorado? <laughs> no, like, uh, but I mean, it's funny, but like, I will say that like at, right around that time, I, it wasn't lost on me that like, that I was like, oh my God, like all of my favorite shows mm-hmm. have to do with Colorado. Like mm-hmm. community yeah. takes place there. Yeah. Everyone takes place there. Like Michael Scott in the office, like moves to Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's weirdly fate in a stressful way. And Colorado is really cool. I've only been there once, but it was really cool. It's a, it's there. a, it's a beautiful state. And I think yeah. that honestly that that setting is is, is a is great that a, appeal I, is that show. a common thing like i feel like that's a thing that like like it it, it obviously he, she's like it's my it's like heaven like isn't it's not like a thing just like culturally in at least america like colorado represents well, that in i a will way? say i know that because I, I, mean, when I, I was young reading this a long time ago john denver had a large part in getting people to like appreciate hmm. colorado like he sang songs about colorado and people mm. were moving out there and like leveling mountains and shit and like he was like whoa wait a second i mean that was like a thing like i remember like, learning that when i was when, younger when i was in it's i don't know middle place. middle or high school i'd never been to colorado i've mm. never been further west than oklahoma and i was there for like a weekend or something okay. but i wanted to go to college in colorado yeah for like no reason let's just it just epic. seemed like a cool place to yeah. go like yeah. and i just yeah. wonder how much of that is like part of like some sort of cultural zeitgeist or something like that. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's definitely something we should like try to track and research and talk about. Yeah, we should. As the, as the podcast goes on. <laughs> yeah, KT, I promise. Like, I'm never going to get a guest on this fucking podcast and I'm never even going to, I don't think it's ever going to get edited. We'll, we'll see. I don't think it needs to, to be honest. Other, other things I want to acknowledge though, like so just some, the writing that I love. So like when, Andy is on the porch after seeing Delia off to school and he meets Sam, Mm -hmm. Nina's kid. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're not a plant. And he's like, I'm a boy. And he says, impressive. (laughs) Like just that, like one word, like impressive. That's good. Um, And when he offers to drive Ephraim to school and Ephraim's like, I appreciate it, but you're about 10 10 years years too too late. late. (laughs) Like it's like, Mm -hmm. like a part of like, I laugh at it, not because it's like funny mm-hmm. but because it's so perfectly like biting and emo yeah. yeah and it's like oh like and also i guess part of it's knowing like this whole show is a, is about you and your father like right. fucking like getting along making again. up for those 10 lost <clears throat> yeah. so it's just this so like pitch perfect like it's about mm-hmm. 10 years too late and it, yeah. and it plays into that fucking the trope of right of like oh my yeah. dad was never around like right I, I i laugh at it i like it i don't know it's weird mm-hmm. um, no it's it's good <laughs> I really, I think I really need, I honestly, again, I need to go back to say, I need to look at treat Williams as a human and like see some videos of him. That's your, because honestly, that writing moment where you said like his, you know, when he said, uh, interesting or impressive, I didn't even hear that because all I heard, all I remember seeing was his fucking face being there with a comment (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) It was like, he's the, he's the Gilmore. 
Gilmore Girl of the fucking show. Oh man, like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry because I no, I have yeah, nothing against Treat Williams. He has the most fascinating name. His name is Treat. Like he went to the same college I did. He seems like if this is who he is, if he has this gentle voice, maybe he's a great. I'm gonna research the shit out of him. So the next time we record Do this, it. I'm not gonna have such a off-put experience well, of there, him i think like there is there is definitely something like that uh, honestly over the years as i kind of actually watch this more and i and so in colorado i did show the first season i did watch it with my friends nicole and ruben and like i remember at that time like ruben who's this like really very spiritual kind of buddhist guy very intentional about like communication and it tries his best to kind of be intentional about, about that and relationships. Like I remember him being like, Oh, yeah. I don't like Andy. Yeah. Like he's, and so, and so the more I watch, like the, and the more I grow, the more I definitely see the smarminess, the privileged, the, the, the egotistical. Well, when he first like, showed up in the show, I hated him. I'm like, oh right, my God. Right away. You're like, who is him this guy? With the brain scan? Yes. I was like, Ugh. what is this yeah, guy's delivery of well, and, this and, and, and horrible news? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this, this guy? Is Wasn't my comment this? just like, who is this right. fucking guy? Yeah. Isn't that well, who is this that? doctor? And and like I think that on like on one level, right, like that is that's obviously like what the show is about, right? Like the show is propping up this character as like, okay, this guy was a workaholic, he's very full of himself. Yeah. And like this show is going to be about him losing something he holds dear hmm. because he didn't appreciate it enough. Yeah. And that, and then what happens, right? But even on top of that, right, I think that there is something like even as the show goes on, and he does like learn lessons about how to be a better father he's still like there is something that i i'm latching onto more and more is like oh man there is this fundamental like ego and like and privilege to this character that he's not even aware of yeah and so like and but, and, but i think that it that it, it it is it can be a like a strength of the show there is mm-hmm. something i was about to say and i think this might be what it is or at least for me something that I do like about sort of the way he's like entering this town. Mm -hmm. It avoids a lot of what I was starting, what I was going to expect, which maybe this is what, what is that other show Northern Exposure has? I've never seen it, but the whole like idea of like, you go, you think you know everything, and then all of these wholesome, folksy right. people teach you lessons. Than, right, like, exactly. all of them have ways to, right. like, show you how to be a better person. And it doesn't really, yeah. it doesn't have that, at least so strong, that you're no. like, I've seen this so well, many but then, fucking But then times. again, it's like the same fucking thing that I was saying before. I keep comparing him to Kvoth or Kvoth or yeah. whoever the heck yeah. the name is yeah, from yeah, The yeah. Name of the Wind. He is good at everything and mm-hmm. so far <laughs> the only thing that he is not good at is his teenage Being son which parent. again right. is not a failure because even the best sure. parents or like the best relationships can fall apart when a person is mm-hmm. a teenager because yeah. they hate everything. So I I yeah it's just like, forward. okay, where's his failure? Where is his, where's the failure that sure. I, where I can connect to him as but a I person? Guess, I guess for He's me, too like, good at everything. Like, he has a million bajillion dollars. He can hire somebody and not take any payments. <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? He can refurbish an entire railroad station and have an employee yeah. and mm-hmm. never take a penny from yeah. a million customers. Yeah. He's insanely rich. That doesn't, but just, geez, I guess, but like for me, like the story that I feel like I've seen so many times is the doctor Andy's character has the personality of the other doctor. 
Right. Yes. Of he's course. this asshole who comes in right. to this yes. town and uh-huh. then he's and then, changed. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's not. It's, huh. it's. It's not. It wasn't that kind of story. I am so curious. This is an interesting variation yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. It's not I, about I, that. These huge glaring personality right. issues yes. that you have it's to fix. It's just me being annoyed with. <laughs> <laughs> so the Katie, other- you're the one you're the one who need we need to send to everyone. <laughs> right. Because like the fact is like I also know that everyone loves Kvoth, don't they? They love the name uh, of the wind. It goes, People oh, love oh, the name oh, of I, the wind. I fucking hate Kvoth. People love those books though. When I yeah. Eric told me I forever love the books. to he told me forever to read those books, and then I was reading them and I couldn't get through the second was it the second or the third one? The third one hasn't I, come out yet, and it probably never okay, will. Okay, so the, I couldn't get through the second one. I'm still like three fourths of the way through it because I couldn't fucking stand that guy. Yeah, I started the seventh. I started the second one and I gave up. I couldn't take it. And it's not like, God, you know, this guy isn't even entirely like Kvothe because at least he doesn't seem like he, I know we keep talking about ego, but like, does this doctor really have a huge ego? I think he's just insufferable because he's at peace with himself almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like fuck Fuck that guy. guy, Right. (laughs) Fuck I think I think that there's there's something really oh. interesting about the about the the combination of his ego and his privilege yeah. and his like gentleness, right? Yes. And like yeah. and it's and it's interesting, right? That like he he loses his wife, mm-hmm. he leaves New York, and the and right away we see him in Everwood, and he's like a well-intentioned, yes. just good guy. Yeah. But like, but I, but I, but I, I, I Nothing would encourage shakes him either. Any comment, yeah. he's just like, I'm fine. I'm like, so no, you man, but you would fair. be. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I guess if you had, you all would the be. Money no one could do fucking anything to you. And you were the you. best surgeon. Yeah, exactly. And your hands were magic, and Let's, everything I, is perfect for you. My God, I would encourage us to remember that it is the pilot. Yes, and, I, right, and I'm yes. excited to kind of see. Um, how you guys kind of think about his character as, as the show. Yeah. The only, so the only other thing I want to say, I think, is so the one line, you guys might have missed it, I'm not sure, but it's one of my favorite lines, mm. is when Amy is saying to, to Ephraim near the end about how, like, you know, I want you to meet him. I want you to meet Colin. <laughs> hey. I expected you wouldn't talk to me, so I brought a piece off. And why should I talk to you, Amy? Why, so you can lie to me some more? I didn't lie to you, Ephraim. I just didn't tell you the whole truth is all. Do you have a boyfriend? Yes. But I want you to meet him. If you do, you'll understand. Oh, yeah, sure. That was right on my list of things to do today, right between picking up my dry cleaning and chopping off my hand. (laughs) And, like, his delivery is so perfect. I always, I I love, like, all of the, like, biting kind of sardonic exchanges in this show. Ephraim gets some of it. But then Dr. Abbott, for sure. Um, you know, doc, doc, you know, Dr. Brown is like, have a nice day, whatever. Yes. <laughs> right. I liked that. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> but even, and, 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 and Dr. Brown, like being like, you know, I forget what the, he, Abbott's like, I'm going to my office or whatever. He's like the flower mart. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's a goofy, weird dad guy. He's, yeah. That's what uh-huh. I'm saying. Like he's too good at everything. Nothing oh. shakes him. It's not well, you, fair. It's uh, you it's, will you will find that like I mean the sh- obviously the show would not work if they didn't like make him right. yeah. an imperfect character. Sure. And I right. and I think it's there, and I think you'll see it more and more. Yeah. But again, like, it, but it is I I. I and it's maybe my cis white male privilege too that is kind of charmed by Andy mm-hmm. Brown, right? Like when he's like, 
like when Dr. Abbott's talking about like the doctor's office and how it was, it's, I've been here for 20 years and it was my father's practice before me. Mm-hmm. And Andy's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, was it your father's yep. father's before him? Because yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not bothered by him. Like you are like, oh, I think, man, I think he doesn't, I think it's he, because we're cis white guys. Yeah. I, I just like that. He, he doesn't seem to take himself too seriously. Like he, like has like, like he has but that like, whole scene with like, he has the scene where he talks about, Elizabeth Taylor to this woman and he mm-hmm. tricks her to get an, an exam right. and then he looks back at his new nurse or whatever and rather being like did you see what I did there right. he's more like I just fucking did that it's, yeah which is, we're so, in but, on the but, joke together yeah. like I don't know which is yes. interesting but what's interesting about that Eric is like you wouldn't expect him to already be at that point given right the formula of the show mm-hmm. right you'd expect that his character to, to be more kind of fraught more rough around the edges more of an asshole and so it's weird seeing that he doesn't like like the good humor and the corniness like right off the bat like he's already there so so Mm -hmm. so what's interesting about that is like okay so what what is what is his arc what is the 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 what are his imperfections as a character Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of cool but I think also, like, especially because you see the way he is at the beginning with those people, with that guy that's dying and that and then especially because it's revealed later that he knows he's going to die. Right. That, that this doctor knows that this he patient is going life. to die, that he can't save his life. So the way he's talking to him like a fucking dick is that's in the first scene or that's or the second that scene? early, early, early scene. The later scene, he's not being a dick. No, he's not being a dick. He's just coming to terms with, oh, wow. Like, yeah, life. What matters you know? or right. whatever. Yeah. But, but still, that's what I'm saying. He knows from that first scene that, that he can't save this patient, right? Because that's what he says in the second scene. And yet he talks to them that way. He still talks to them that way. And then later he can be so likable. I, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't be that. I mean, no, you know, I, like I, 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 when you're in that point. role, like I mean, you want to give people hope. Like if that's if that's what you've been living your whole life doing is to try to extend people's oh, come lives. On. You also thought the way that he was, was talking was the absolutely first very part asshole. of it. The way like, he was like talking about this disease, it was like, like it oh, you're anything. talking to someone who has it. Yes, like, that was I, it very sounded jarring. like he was talking about it theoretically, yeah, and then there right. was the person uh, right uh, there. Uh, it was completely disconnected and terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, now I've, looking I've, back I've, on it, it was psychotic. It was like I, sociopathic. I think the, I think the problem is, I think the problem is with that scene is that looking back on it, it's a little better because you know that he's this like world renowned like genius that like you go to him and he's going to fix you. Mm-hmm. Like he knows mm-hmm. everything. But you don't know that at that time. So it just sounds like he's like, I don't know if it's cocky or like no. something. It was very I disagree. Like, I disagree I because remember the way weird. he talks about it, it doesn't at first seem like there is a human being there with that disease. Right. It sounds like he's lecturing in a college room or like a, you know, he's, he's just theoretically talking about this disease. And then you look and there's the patient right there. Yeah. And he keeps talking like that. Like that's an okay thing to do with yeah. somebody who, whether he, whether, I mean, I guess you could admit like, or we could think maybe he is so egotistical at that point that he thinks he could save this man's life. But I choose to think that with that second scene, he knows he can't save this yeah. man's life. Well, and so he's talking to him like he's just a, a guy. He's, he's I, done this so many times. He's so used to this cancer stuff that the person isn't a human being. And believe me, I've experienced doctors like mm-hmm. that. Like there are real human sure. doctors that don't, don't treat people. Right. I think that's, I think that's hundred percent. Like 
intentional, right? That the show is setting up this but character. But then how like, does he become so... Mm-hmm. Well, so here's the thing. I, th- I think that, like, when you talk about... From? When you talk about whether he, like, whether he knows he can save the life or not, I think the key is that he knows that he can, v- through surgery, what he's good at, mm-hmm. he can totally remove mm-hmm. this tumor Extend or whatever. His life, yes. He can do He can do that. Yes. And he's 100% sure. But he also, but, like, what what happens in that second scene is he, he he owns up to the fact like look you could be anywhere in the world right now where would it be Hershey Pennsylvania that's where I was brought up I've kept my parents farm there go there now today I can't save your life at best, I could prolong it eight months, maybe a year. Most of that time, you'll be barely coherent recovering from surgery. And that's also that this hospital can brag about its statistics with terminal illnesses. But statistics don't measure quality of life. And if you have even the slightest hope of preserving your own, you'll get up out of that bed and leave this place as fast as your legs will carry you. So I guess I just, you know. I can't, I, like, right. And that's fine. And he does a great job. The actor does a great job of depicting someone who is suddenly appreciating quality of life or suddenly Mm -hmm. kind of realizing, Oh, life is bigger than just what I'm doing here. Extending lives for a shitty quality of life, life. I still do. I can't reconcile the way that he treated those initial, like right in that initial meeting, the way Mm -hmm. that he talked to those people. And maybe this is coming from somebody who literally has sat in a room Mm. with a cancer Mm -hmm. doctor talking to somebody with cancer. Like I cannot imagine being talked to like that as if I'm just the images that he's looking at on the wall. Like it's so gross. That initial scene made me like really dislike him. And then all of a sudden I'm just supposed to think he's really clever because he is snapping at that doctor in a, in a kind way. Like, Oh, here's my little (laughs) witty. Like, I don't like that. Like I, I couldn't reconcile that. I couldn't like go, Oh yeah. And now I get it. Like he can be completely dismissive of who the humans are that are sitting in his office. And then he can also be like really the guy that you're supposed to like in this town. Like, I don't get it. I don't see that. So, so, I mean, I I totally hear that. That makes a lot of sense. I I think that like, yeah, I don't know. I I think that, that that it's setting up this character who, who is, you know, he's fucked up there at the start. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's a fucked up guy and he's so focused on his work. He's missing his, his son's recital because he's so focused on the work and he's so focused on the, on the work of the details of like, the specific details of like the operation and like the x-rays mm-hmm. like yeah he, he's not seeing the people like I, I i definitely like i see that that's really like i don't have the same experience of like of like sitting there watching that mm-hmm. and being like oh my god gross <laughs> like like yeah. i i but i understand why you would but i what i would say is like i think that the biggest strength i think about about the show like skipping over all of the like this is an asshole like kind of right. like jeff right like jeff in community yeah he's like a sarcastic asshole and he learns mm-hmm. to be a better person right like i think that the strength that might be a way that i'm not sure if anybody ever talked about it this way but that that the a way in which everwood was groundbreaking is that is that it makes this this character who is this like cis white straight man who's like who's ultimately like really pretty charming and goofy and like trying his best and yet 
the implication is just by virtue of this being a drama mm-hmm. and that like he's a character who has to learn and change mm-hmm. the implication is that somebody can be like good-natured and goofy and like yeah. privileged and still and like be have fucked issues. up yeah. and it doesn't have to be this like on the surface cliche like i'm an asshole right. it can be like no you're fooling everybody but let's actually explore like what's fucked up about you despite yeah. all of your privilege and all of your like surface level charm like the fact that like he i don't think he is a like a mary sue in the show i don't think he's yeah, treated as as a the- quote I don't you, think he's perfect, yeah. but I but I think that it's really fascinating that like he's propped up as like this guy needs to figure his shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think that is something that like I'm intrigued about. Like, why I want to keep watching is like, where is his story going? Yeah, like, what, what is the this fuck arc? Is his story? Yeah, I, I don't. The only the only sympathy I've seen so far is just the fact that he's lost his wife, and guess what? Like anybody, can like, lose right? Somebody. Like the way the pilot like, the, is structured, it feels like you could stretch it out into a movie and be like. There's this famous doctor. Yeah. He he doesn't connect with his kids because he's busy. His wife dies. He moves to this town. And then he decides he's going to open up his practice and right. give free medicine the end of the story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I, will, well. I will say that, like, weirdly, you know how, like, WB had Smallville on at the same time. I don't want to spoil anything, but everyone basically ends up being, like, the WB's version of Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that would um, explain <laughs> so many things. Mm. Um, one of the things that I want to say from my notes, anything about the pilot specifically, um, Cat Stevens' uh, narration, Sam, the the kid who was gardening, he gets recast after the pilot because he Aww. sucked at this episode. That's the child acting thing. Um, they always envisioned Harold Abbott as like a Jack Lemon like foil to Wait, who's Grant. Harold Abbott? The other, oh, doctor. the other doctor. Jack Lemon, like, yeah. wow, God, I love Jack Lemon. Okay, yep. I could see that. There's a something um, that kind of a sense. In the commentary, Berlanti said that Ephraim was one of the most autobiographical parts he had written at the time. Mm. Um, he talked about how he wanted for the for the part of Amy, Harold's daughter, mm-hmm. and the the wet dream girl. <laughs> the wet dream. Um, Can we just her that? that. Yeah. She's wet dream the girl. Wet dream um, <laughs> she, that they 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 wanted somebody who could be this like all American girl, yeah. like mm-hmm. neighbor girl, yeah. but that could also be kind of like bitchy is the way mm-hmm. he said it, and mm-hmm. could have this like have this pronounced ego. I like and the she way punched he, her brother. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was really cool. cool. It was a nice choice like rather than just like pull him off or something like she that. She punches but, yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty great. So, and, and, but so, but Berlanti says like while he was talking about that casting of Emily Van Camp, he said that like for him the tr- the theme of the show is tragedy and trauma shattering ego, mm. and so I think that that's kind of well, where I kind of am thinking about about Andy mm-hmm. Andy Brown from is like Mm. his ego has to be shattered now i I, i'm not gonna promise that the show does that 
perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because I don't really it, remember. But like, I, but though, I, but I think it's, it's where am I? Where why, why am I missing it from him? Like, again, I feel like part of the thing that makes him too perfect is that he doesn't seem like yeah. to me that well, he has right. an ego. Like he's right. just it's, this perfectly yeah. well-adjusted person. That's well, he's what almost just he's, he's pure. He's pure super ego. Like yeah. he hides his ego yeah. so perfectly underneath charm and yeah. talent and skill. Like I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> it's not fair. You have all the secrets. <laughs> um, definitely, but yeah, that's also another thing that that Berlanti acknowledged in the commentary was that he was trying to tweak old archetypes of characters in terms of like, well, let's make the nurse who comes to work for Doctor Brown be this like old like you know, veteran, yeah. basically, that mm-hmm. she was in in the war as a nurse. Um, Delia is kind of like a tom girl. Tom boy? Tom boy. Tom, tom boy. boy. Yeah. Um, Ephraim is kind of, yeah, this brooding guy, but like also kind of a nerd and kind of a geek, and he talks about manga. And now it's not, yeah. it's not, su- it's not Clark Kent waiting to turn into Superman. <laughs> it's Superman waiting to turn into Clark Kent. <laughs> um, oh, well, this is funny. So the actor who plays Colin, Amy's boyfriend, who's in a coma. Yeah. There's plays, an actually played plays. by he's, <laughs> No. He's, he was oh, no, it's not who who knows who it is. But they but he la- they laughed about this in the commentary that like he's actually played by like a 40-year-old guy in the yep. pilot. Yeah. Because like and they like had to cover him up like, uh-huh. oh, we don't have an actor yet for yep. this character. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's a spoiler that eventually Colin wakes up, but oh, I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah, I knew that it, either he died or he woke up. Duh, those are the only. That's the only reason to introduce something like that. Right. Either um, he's not going to be in a coma it, for the next four like seasons. Chekhov's coma. Chekhov's coma. Since we know he wakes up, my only other. Uh, so either he woke up or he was going to die when she was already in a relationship with the new guy, and so she would feel guilt, and there would be the Aww. drama there because Aww. that's also just like a dumb. <laughs> Thing. I just be like, done, what so if she just worry. felt incredible relief? Whoo! He's oh, finally dead. I Jesus killed him. Christ. Um, the first thing Greg Berlanti came up with apparently was the title, the word Everwoods. That's kind of goofy. Apparently, so he gave the script to people to read to like I think that includes like the producers and the cast, maybe. I forget. He just said to people to read two weeks after 9-11. Oh my god! Um, and he kind of and, he, and so the I connection he made making any jokes about this being right after nine yeah. eleven. No, <laughs> but, but he 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 explicitly made that connection that like he that and who knows how like real this is, but like for him, like people were reevaluating their lives yeah. in their in the world, like just sure. like Andy was, and mm-hmm. so he kind of saw that as like, damn. Um, and it's it's interesting, right? New York and tragedy, like yeah. it's all there. Sure. Um, oh, in their first meeting with um, Treat Williams, in terms of because they Treat didn't audition for the part, like they thought of him as like, mm-hmm. oh, he would be perfect. Let's like talk to his like from they and they what? so they got what the heck is Treat Williams from? <laughs> he's been a famous actor since the seventies. I don't. He's know been a, he's, he's been a lot of stuff that we in? haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but like, but they but they liked him for the part, and they met with him, and apparently, like most of the first their first meeting with treat like all treat did was like show them like pictures of his family and so like it was like this perfect feeling of like oh this is this is andy like yeah i mean it's later andy i guess mm-hmm. but it made them like it, it endeared them to him i guess right. oh man everwood i can't believe we're actually doing this this is ridiculous no, we're doing it it's pretty great we're in now yeah. and again i i can make no guarantees about 
when am I going to edit this? Like, I'm so far behind on helpful. Stuff I understand. Stuff. I am completely overwhelmed with. I just I decided. Well, because I was freaking out about like the fact that now we have two days Guys, of this week on. You both are very anal. This is the kind of thing where you can just release it. Yeah, except if we said anything. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> well, because I'm going to tweet this. I'm going to tr- tweet and treat this. Treat, and tweet treat Williams. Williams it. <laughs> tweet Williams. And what if he actually listened to it? Then yeah. he's going to hear KT. I'm well, so you're not going to cut that out. That was half, half no. of this podcast was you complaining about oh, Treat Williams. Man, I feel terrible. <laughs> like I said, like I need to. It's probably because my acting style is so very different from, or like the way I talk is so different from this guy. He talks like he's lives in a Hallmark commercial. Like his Guys. voice sounds like he should be baking cookies all the time. Like I don't understand <laughs> this man's. But that's I not his understand. fault. You yes, can't blame that's him. why I said I've got to look him up. Listen, you jerks. Can we let's go, let's can we just acknowledge though that the that awesome line where he it's like whoever wants to move to Colorado and get their own horse, <laughs> raise their hand. Yeah, that was very <laughs> like, cute. That Democratic, you bought her vote. Yeah, yeah that's it's the American, American yeah, way. Yeah, 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 that was very good. So relevant fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. So Hello, relevant. Um, okay, cool. Well, so I think that my this has been so much fun for me. Like I've <laughs> I've loved doing this. I'm not even gonna. Th- I'm not gonna think or worry about the like actual editing stuff like but i would love to keep doing this with you guys and yeah. and recording mm-hmm. it and send me the links or whatever eric so that i can have it okay but i'm not going to worry about that side of things i just love this as like years and years later we're finally <laughs> like like excavating what was adam like doing about and talking about everwood <laughs> during happy time like it's yeah. so like only a pandemic would make us do this mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. I want to see an Everwood reunion episode like they did with Parks and Rec, but with Dr. Brown trying to encourage the residents of Everwood. He and he and Dr. Abbott have to get together to talk about COVID <laughs> and encourage the residents of Everwood to like wear your mask. Wash yep. your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. We know you've never wa- done that before. And Dr. Have you seen and that Dr. Kid's Abbott. <laughs> Dr. Abbott would be like, there's no saving these idiotic people. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. This yeah. has been Everwood. Ever Never wouldn't. <laughs> Featuring me, Adam Lover. And we, <laughs> Katie, Eric, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> There's a delay, guys. Sorry. And my dog. <laughs>